the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It does. Move up on the microphone. <laughs> Don't be scared of the microphone. Can't be scared of it. And a little ACDC there. I love ACDC. <laughs> yeah. That's too. party band. You know, it depends on what kind of party, all right? If you're having a wild party, ACDC was the greatest party band ever. If right. you were having kind of a mediocre kind of okay party, then Van Halen. <laughs> all right. But if you're having just... You know, the old balls to the wall kind of. Mm-hmm. Where does know, Hendrix party. fall in? Where? Hendrix? Yeah, where does Hendrix fall in on that? Uh, Jimmy was, you know, if you're having a rave and everybody had dropped acid. <laughs> okay. That's kind of what it was. By the way, I read an, uh, a story. I was showing uh, my wife, uh, what is today, Friday? So it was uh, Wednesday night. I was showing her Alvin Lee and 10 years after at Woodstock mm-hmm. when they did uh, I'm Going Home. Yeah. Which is one of the seminal, most outrageously fantastic live performances ever in rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You ever seen it, Christina? You know who ten, Alvin Lee in 10 years after is? No. Nope. <laughs> this is when I start feeling really old. <laughs> but bottom line, it's, look it up on YouTube and watch it. You like rock and roll, I, I can tell. All right? You look like a rock and roll girl. I'm just saying it is an incredible scene. Hendrix was there uh-huh. at Woodstock, of course, and he was there when Alvin Lee and 10 years after did that. And he said he was so jealous mm-hmm. that Alvin Lee was that lightning fast on a guitar. He said he'd never seen anybody lay licks down as fast as Alvin Lee could. And that's why he was called the fastest guitarist in the West. Mm-hmm. That guy was unfreaking believable. Now, buddy, I'm looking at you. You look not to be 25 years old. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm figuring you know who I'm talking about when I say Alvin Lee and 10 years after. Well, I know who he is. Okay, uh, you know remember, the music. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love to change the world. Everybody knows that song. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you right. know, that uh, I'm going home by uh, the English group helicopter that they did the cover of was just incredible. That probably is the epitome. There you go. Crank it up. Come on, crank it. My baby, my baby, baby, I'm going home. Baby, baby, I'm going home. Let me be about this old good to roll. My baby. You like guitar work? You like this? I've still never heard this one. Yeah, man, you got, once you see it, you'll never forget it. Here we go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, that's enough. I don't want. I don't want to have to pay the royalty on playing this song. All right, but anyway, that ultimate greatest live performance ever at Woodstock was Alvin Lee and Ten Years After. Look it up. It's on YouTube. You can find it. It's awesome. Okay. By the way, the uh, the the videographer uh, of that documentary, Martin Scorsese. 
Wow. That was his first movie. Wow. There you go, 1968. <laughs> what happened? Just so everybody knows. <laughs> Christian, you and I have never met. I am a huge movie buff. I love movies. Mad to tell you, I mm-hmm. love movies. I told her that. I do the, <laughs> I do the classic movie every month. We're doing uh, Raiders next coming up, and we've already we got about half the theater sold for Raiders, so that's good. I'm happy about that. Got some good ones coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm showing one in November, Matt. I want you to come to the okay. film wall. You're gonna love it, man. What is it? It's uh, Humphrey Bogart, Maltese Falcon. Wow. I've never shown that on the big screen before. Wow. So we, we were able to get it, so cool. we're going to show it. And then, Christina, you can come. You're a Christmas girl. You like Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Since... you got to come. We'll I get... love Christmas. I love the spirit behind it. I don't love the materialism. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. And well, when you don't make a lot of money like people that are in the you know, acting and radio are we none of us like the materialism involved because we always end up broke but the bottom line is that uh we're going to show white christmas on the big screen if you've ever seen wow. white christmas but never seen it on the big screen I you want to see I that believe i've started it on netflix and i never actually uh, you got to come we show we do everything over riverdale 10 you got to come and see it on the big screen <laughs> on the big screen on the big screen what did you did you go see incredibles 2 yet no why not I don't go see cartoon movies. Dude, <laughs> that's more than a cartoon <laughs> now, movie. Now, Marvel? Yeah. I'll just, that's Brad I'll, Bird. I'll, I'll, Come I'll, I'll, on. Uh, you I'll, got to go see Shrek. I'll, I'll I mean, Brad Bird and, and The Incredibles and now Incredibles 2, those are two fantastic motion pictures. I'll go see the Marvel movies. Okay. So I, last <laughs> night, I'll let you know, last night I went and saw Jurassic World. Yeah. And I gave it an 8.5. It's okay. Yeah. It's good. It's kind of Jurassic Park read. Done. Kind of a re, kind of <laughs> a relaunch. Yeah. In fact, the scene where the gr- the kids are in the kitchen and the raptors uh-huh. in the kitchen with them, uh-huh. that whole scene is kind of played out again in this movie. Except this time, it's the Indoraptor that's after. Uh. Ah. That's the bad dinosaur in this movie. <laughs> just so you know, the bad dinosaur who can think really good. He's he's like blue, but on steroids. <laughs> just I think so you Chris know. Pratt has really revitalized that. Uh, his story is incredible. Yeah. I mean, seriously, who would have thought a, a, a guy that is kind of a fat guy <laughs> on television is going to, you know, how many pounds did he lose, would you think? 45 pounds? And then got he, himself in big I think he lost like 50. Was it? 50 to 50. He I mean, up a lot as well. Yeah. And then yeah. he buffed. I mean, yeah. he got himself yeah. all. He play, yeah, he played, played Peter Quill in uh and Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He, he lost about 55 pounds for that role. Don't be using the Christian name. It's Star-Lord. <laughs> what are you talking about? You said Peter Quill, and I looked at you like, who the hell is he talking about? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Yeah, Star-Lord. You've he, seen it, right? He, yeah. You said you're a Marvel yeah. fan? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, yeah. just he, check he, he, he would be on my ass, too. <laughs> Matt Peace is here. This is the man. Let me just tell you what. Give him ten dollars, he'll make a movie. That's what he gave me to. No, <laughs> that's what he paid you, huh? That's what he paid. You. He's got a new movie that uh, is it. It's totally wrapped. It, is it's it, totally wrapped. People we're, can we're, get it now. No, we're in post production right oh, now. I'm, okay. I'm doing the editing and sound and all that. So when is that going to be all done? Uh, Time for Christmas. Oh, in time for Halloween, easy. Okay. <laughs> I was just kidding. 
Of course, you'd be ready for Christmas. A perfect Christmas stock. <laughs> it's a perfect Christmas He's hoping stock. to have it ready for the uh, Hot Springs Horror Film Festival in September. Yeah, and we, oh. have, to, we have to submit it by, like, what is it, the end of July? Yeah, so well, you got to do I that. Can, if I can get it finished, fully edited, I'll send it out to We were just talking about our friend over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's basically behind that, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tamara mm-hmm. Glenn. Yeah, yeah Tamara yeah. Glenn. Is, yes, yeah. That's good. Yeah, she is. That's good. She's a good person. Her husband's good. Is well, husband, boyfriend, I'm not sure. Bill, anyway. Bill Vollin. Yeah, Bill, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I like I like Bill a lot. Just scare people, but he and I think a lot alike. <laughs> that's, that'll scare people. That'll really scare people. But, yeah, that's just, uh, they're good folks. They're, they're really trying to revitalize over there. I don't know why Har has been such a hard sell here in central Arkansas. Because it has been. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we were talking, buddy, you and I were talking about, how many years ago has it been now that the horror festival was downtown? Was it eight, ten years? Uh, at least, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, they brought in, Christina, you would have been five, so don't worry about it. You know what I mean? I'm just. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> just saying. I was watching Rugrats anyway. I mean, yeah, it would have been, yeah. It, they had everybody there. I'm just, I'm not Linda kidding. Linda Blair, PJ Souls, uh, Chris, uh, Berryman was there. Easterbrook was there. Daniel they had everybody yep. Yep. there. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, from any of the Leslie Easterbrook seventies, eighties, horror nineties, in fact, mm-hmm. were there. Right. If it was a slasher movie, if it was The Exorcist, if it was those things, it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, they were. It, it was there and had a lot of those people on. Uh, we were talking about uh, Band was there. The guy who did all the Puppet Master mm-hmm. who set up the Puppet mm-hmm. Master movies and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Are you a big horror fan? Um, I was. Until about after the slasher films, I kind of started losing interest. Okay, so you got out of, you were during the, what, late 80s you liked those kind of movies? Or when you talk 90s. slasher, are Scream, you talking James uh, Wan and stuff? Uh, more of uh, the 90s. The, the okay. Scream, I know what you did last summer. Okay. Uh, Ring, Freddy Krueger. I got you, Freddy Krueger. Got to love this, huh? Halloween. You know, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Matt, were you around? No, that's back, that's late seventies, man. You go back to Halloween. Yeah. So you tell me, were you here when I did the classic showing of uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, and I told everybody Johnny Depp was coming? No. Do you remember that? No. We showed it over at Riverdale Ten, uh-huh. and uh, I punked everybody. <laughs> it's it's not. Not a, probably was not the smartest thing I ever did. I'm lucky I got out in my life. <laughs> we had two theaters sold out that night. It was crazy. I mean, people were just they were stoked. So I walk up. I've got this. I've got this mic stand. I've got the microphone. I've got I've got the chair up front mm-hmm. for him to sit. And I walk in, and I walk up into the front, and I've got a bucket of red water, and I set it on the on the chair, and I said, "Any guy, have any questions for Mr. Depp?" <laughs> now you've got to know the movie. You remember the, the original movie? Come on, Christina. Johnny Depp died. And remember, he got yeah, sucked he down was into, sucked the, into the bed. Yeah, that was what, his first and, movie, I believe. And what was the last thing that you saw of him? Uh, it was being projected onto the roof or the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Was, and well, then, child. and <laughs> then what happened? The next, there was a cut. Uh-huh. 
And the next scene is of a bucket catching the blood coming from the bedroom Tri- upstairs. Blood. Yeah. Down. I might and have so, been just traumatized after that moment. So, I don't remember much so, after that. <laughs> and so I brought Johnny Depp to the movie. The bucket. <laughs> the bucket. With red water. They, did, they didn't find it funny either. I'm just saying they didn't find it funny. That's before you got involved with my insanity, wasn't it, Russ? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We'll take a break. Let's break. It's uh, 18F2. We'll tell you about the movie when we come back. We'll talk about uh, our friend Buddy here and, and Christina, how they play in the movie. And uh, why har? That's, uh, because the check doesn't bounce. We got more coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. In the studio with me today is Matt. You know Matt. He's been around for a long time. Last time we had him on, we were out at Silver Screen. Mm-hmm. Were we talking about this movie that you were you were getting ready to work on? Yeah, I was just starting uh, getting ready to do casting. Kind of casting it yeah, out? Yeah. Getting yeah. ready to go. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to ask you just go ahead. And by the way, Buddy Campbell is here. Come on, ladies. We're, we're over here in the studio. You can come on over. You're looking for Matt? Yes. Sir. Yeah, okay. <laughs> do we have another chair in here or did they move it? We need to get another chair in here. We got, When they... Or we can move, since it's a woman, we can tell Buddy to leave. Um, <laughs> any, no, anyway, it's 20, 23 minutes after two. Christina is here. Chris, it's uh, Christina Castle. I love the name. Well, is you. that your real name? Yes. It is, really? Yes. You were lucky. You were blessed with a screen name. That's great. Buddy Campbell. Real no, name? Sir. No, sir. No, it's not. Okay. Do you want to say what the real name is? No, particularly. No, Okay. <laughs> Yours is your real name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You go by your real name? Mm-hmm. You yeah. sure? Yeah. Because, you know, after a while, if you've been using a pseudonym, you forget what your real name really is. <laughs> if his name wasn't Speece, do you think he would have picked Speece? <laughs> I don't know. There might have been a reason for it. You, know? you never know. There may have been a reason. All right. So tell everybody what your new movie is about. It is. Thank you. <laughs> I love my My boss brings water to my guests. I like that. Go ahead. It is about a slasher killer. They appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> it's about a slasher killer dresses in a Grim Reaper style robe and skull mask. Okay. And people are being killed. And the sheriff, played by Rick Viper, by the way. Everybody knows Vipe. He's been on the show a million times. It's the Rick Vipe. Yeah. He, he's the one. The legend. Investigating the crimes and trying to okay. figure out who the killer is. And everything. Okay. And just the facts, film. huh? <laughs> just the facts. Yeah, he just wants the facts. He, he nailed that role, too, by the way. He was real. Oh, Vipe's a good man. He's, he's, he does good work. You put him in a, in a sheriff's uniform, cowboy hat kind of thing, you know? He rocks it. It's a strip band. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, it's a stripping that I just can't watch any longer. You know, he shows up to the parties and all that, the women. He's dressed up in uniform. You've got to make your money somehow. I understand not that. not supposed to be at that party. <laughs> he starts dancing to the village people. Yeah, starts, that's uh, it. You know. It's it's kind of scary looking, but yeah, he is no he's but Rick's he's a great a great actor and he's great, a better man. Great professional, in fact, he's he's been in the business for a long time. Did a lot of work here recently. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna share one of the mic. The, the things. You don't mind sitting with him? That's fine. I'll get out. I will get another uh, a chair in here shortly. But uh, and your name is Micah Hawthorne. Micah, that's a pretty name. Is that your real name? 
Yes, sir. Okay, I just got to ask. I, I, I like to I like to know because you never be you'd be surprised at what names might come out of people's mouths at times. <laughs> As far as that goes, you we were talking about you about Tom Cruise and how short he is because I have you guys noticed on IMDb a lot of the male actors are not putting their heights in any longer. Right? Have you have you noticed? I mean, seriously, it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in the Air Force, uh, part of my gig was working on movie site where they were doing stuff about the military, mm-hmm. and we had to make sure everybody was wearing the uniforms correctly. So I got to work on Top Gun. Right. So I got to meet uh, Tom, and I met uh, Val and all the guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget meeting Cruz the first time, because I had seen him risky business. And anyway, I was excited about meeting him. And it's like, uh, Dave, this is Tom Cruise. And I said, where? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I looked right over him. I mean, he's short. He right, says 5'6", right. five, 5'3". Five, three. Five, three, five, four. He's He's about the same height as my mom. That's funny. Yeah, he's small. That's His head go under my armpit, man. That's funny because when, when I play these other characters, like the character I'm playing in Indestructible Afterlife. Jump up there. Like the character I'm playing in Indestructible yeah. Afterlife. He's he's like, what, probably about 5'11", the character is. And yeah. yet I'm only 5'5". Five, five. So and, th- and that's real. So, that's really okay, so so how how often do you do you stand on things so that you're no, I have taller? The, I have the shoes almost like uh, Tom Cruise wears in his movies. Okay, <laughs> like the Undertaker, <laughs> right? It adds the, it adds like five inches to me, you know, okay. and everything to where I look bigger on camera and everything. You right. know. So I, so how many people that are sitting in this room right now have, did you kill in this movie? Did I kill? Yeah. Did you kill any of these people? Well. Or you I don't want to say? I'm not going to give away the He's fact just the who, the, who the killer He's is. He's just the director. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just the director of the, the Night Comes. No, okay. I'm the killer of Indestructible Afterlife. <laughs> okay. So with, with that in mind, what is it? Did you die in the movie? I got to ask. Uh, Look at Christina. I guess I need to talk to him before I can release <laughs> yeah. any information about the get, film. You don't want to give away any of that? All right. So I just wanted to find out what it's like to die in a movie. Well, I can tell you about dying in another movie. Okay, that's good. You go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. By the way, Buddy is is a great, great story of somebody who decided, how long have you wanted to act? How long have you been wanting to be in front of the camera? Since I was a teenager. Okay. What kept you from trying? Well, I uh, did high school plays and college plays. Yeah, of course. That leads to that. And then when you graduate, you have to get a real job that pays. Okay. And so you go into the real world, you uh, get a real job, your your acting days are over, so you think. And, and so, uh, so you were like me. You didn't have the guts to go out to Hollywood. And or the give, money. And yeah. Give, yeah, that's what I'm saying, give it, to give it the real shot, you know. And there, there's no problem with that. I'm not... I'm not one down of the, in One that. of the jobs I got after college was uh, I reviewed movies for a newspaper. And so that really got me addicted to the cinema. I saw every movie that came to town, no matter the genre. Mm-hmm. And so that made me a fan of all types of genres of movies. Okay, so when we come back, I want to talk more about this, okay? Sure. Because how many, how many years did it take you to finally try to take the dip? I was out of the game about 25 years. All right. We're going to talk about that. Good job on Christina here getting involved in it now and, 
and taking the shots. Okay. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Well, Mike, Mike yeah. too. And Mike, yeah. She looks to be 18. It's the Dave Ellswick Show back after the news here on the show. All right, back with you. If somebody has to leave, that's I fine. I told him I'd be late. That's all right. That's what I like. I'll be late. Dave has said he needs me at the studio. Just tell him Ellswick said you need to work. All right. Here. <laughs> anyway. All right, buddy, we were talking. Okay, so you wait 20-odd years. What made the difference for you of saying, I got to I gotta try? Well, there was an open casting call for the movie Greater, which uh, everybody knows is about uh, Brandon Burlesworth. Good legendary, movie. The legendary Razorback football player. And I just, uh, on a whim, decided to go to an open casting call of it. I auditioned uh, for uh, Redneck Number 1. Uh, <laughs> did not get that role but they invited me back as an extra and i'm like cool you know i'm like yeah i'm liking that you know and <laughs> so i went up at a shot in farmington uh, high school gym in northwest arkansas did a, the funeral scene and the graduation scene and just being on the set all day and seeing real actors how a real movie is made just just i just caught the bug again and had to had to get involved, so I started taking acting classes with uh, Melissa Moody at XL Model and Talent here in Little Rock, and uh, got cast in a short movie, which led to another short movie, which led to uh, speaking roles in feature films, and it just spiraled uh, after that, and so now it's been, uh, I did greater in 2013 was when it was shot all right we're talking five years here right how and many movies have you done since then? i have done about 32 productions so far that's uh move feature films short films uh television series web series this is very cool i'm i'm, I'm i can't say i'm proud of you because i'd sound like your dad all right but <laughs> the bottom I, you know it's it's a it's an inspirational story that you decided to take a take a dive at it. And it wasn't just being on the set of Greater. It was after I saw the film and his story, because he was this overweight kid from Harrison, which I was originally born there. And and uh, I said, well, if another you know chubby kid from Harrison can make it when everybody else told him that Why he could. Why can't he, I? You can't walk on at Arkansas. They won't take you, you know, and he ended up being an all-american at arkansas and people told me that i'm was too old to get back into the film business you know i'm not handsome enough i'm overweight and i just took uh, brandon's uh, uh story and made that my inspiration and um, here i am all those people that told me i couldn't do it uh, have zero credits on imdb and i've got over 30 30 now that is very cool do we have any applause sound effects no we don't okay it's okay it's on <laughs> Good job, man. Well, thank you. That's really it's really cool. Okay, so I need to record that for posterity. I seriously, we got it recorded. We can use it. It's 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 Facebook Live right now. You'll be able to watch it again a million times. Make sure oh, there that, we go. I'll I'll just take it off the Facebook Live. You can do that. After. No problem. It works out just fine. So now, Matt, how did you get these two young ladies to do a movie with, you know, the Charles Band of uh, Cabot? Well. Buddy did most of the casting for this film, as well as playing the role of Dr. Elliot Goldberg. Okay, so ladies. 
This guy walks up to you. No, it wasn't him. It and says, him. "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" It's, 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 it was <laughs> funny. It. it was it was funny because they weren't supposed to be leads. They 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 went through Rick Viper, who was doing the extras casting. Okay. And you know he's like, buddy was like, "Why can't you just cast a uh, female as one of the stoners in the film?" And I was like. I thought about it and I was like, nah, I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, older woman playing a stoner. And I was like, I don't think that would, then I thought about it. You don't like, know my I date. Thought, I, <laughs> I thought about it and I was like, well, wait a minute. What if I get a really attractive girl <laughs> to play the stoner in there? And then it'd be feel like real life, you know, because you hardly see that in movies. Man, man. You know. All right. Horror movie, <laughs> good looking woman, stoner. <laughs> That's so righteous, dude. That is just right. All right. So, it's so a slasher I was like, movie. So, Come so on. I was like, I was like, all right. Let me see some of the, you know, the actresses that you know sent in for extras. Yeah. And he shows me Christina, and I was like, wow. She'd make a great stone. <laughs> All right, so Christina, right, move, up on, move up on that minor. Move up on the microphone. I did bring you guys donuts. Yes, you did. So. She's hooked on sugar. All right, slide up on the microphone there, if you would. All right, so what's your thoughts of that now that you heard the story? Have you already heard the story behind that? Okay, so that's no big. You, I mean, it's, was it, are you saying that it was a little typecasting here when you looked at her? No, no. No, not at all, because, you know, I wanted to go against type. Okay. So I was like, all the all the stoners were guys in the original script. Because so I'm I was looking like, at both of those young ladies, and, you know, they've got the, the innocent factor is pretty high for both of them. Well, the party scene, I, what I wanted in that party scene was I wanted, because we had plenty of girls in the party, such as this one. Right. You know, that, that are just the regular party girls. You know, they're drinking, they're having fun, you know. Hey. Tearing down two-thirds of their old building, that house was built in the late 1800s, not conducive to state-of-the-art medical facilities. It's been torn down now, and it's going to be replaced by a completely state-of-the-art uh, medical faci- uh, facility. They're going to have a mastectomy room for women uh, that can go in that have had that procedure, and they need the privacy to be fitted. Uh, so that they can get uh, their self-esteem back. And the folks at Hortons uh, have women that will help you with that. Uh, if you need uh, a prosthetic leg, an arm, a, a hand, uh, you'll want to deal with your prosthetist there. You know, you got Mike, you got Chris, good folks. They'll take good care of you, and uh, they'll get you up to uh, the kind of movement you want to have again so you can live the life that you want to live. That's Hortons. Orthotics and prosthetics right over on 12th Street here in Little Rock. Okay, we got five minutes before the break, top of the hour for the news. I'm going to hold uh, Matt in for another half hour, and we'll keep his his cast of folks here with us. And and Matt, real quickly with this movie that's that's coming out now, mm-hmm. what uh, where does where did the thought for this movie come from? Did the did the storyboard come fr- first, or did did, did uh, some drug-induced uh, late-night dream come? It's interesting because it, it, it came about in 2006, I think. Me and my nephew okay. were just sitting and talking about, let's come up with a new story, you know, a new story for a film. Because, you know, as you know, I've been doing this since 2000, 
three. So, when's the yeah. first time that I screened one for you? Was it when we showed Frankenstein? Yeah. Was that two, when we two, did that? 2013. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as so, I was I was talking it to him about it. He came. We came up with a you know basic story synopsis, you know, and everything. Right. What, right. What we could, what the plot would be, what the characters would be, and um, then I went to my Canadian writer. Um, John Vasileo, and I asked him, you know, can you write this up and write me a draft on this? And uh, he he came up with a, a sh- really short draft. It was like 40, probably 40 pages. I was like, well, this is no feature. I can't make this yeah, right now. Yeah, I need a little so bit at that, more than at, this. At that right. time, I couldn't make it, you know, so I went to different directors because I was doing other films, you know, so I was like, I can't direct this myself. So I was trying to give it to other directors to direct it themselves, and they were wanting to, you know, do their own little revision of, you know, John's initial script. Right. And they were, some of them would be like, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. They talked a lot, but then they never moved forward with anything, you know. And then there was a couple that, you know, uh, he wrote he rewrote this script. It was a guy in California, actually. And he wrote this, he rewrote this script into sort of like took my slasher script idea and kind of mixed it with uh, Boys in the Hood style crap. And I was like, what are you doing to my story? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I yeah. said, no, you're not doing you tell this. Me, you tell me you get very protective about your uh, you're not, your work is you're, what you're telling me. You're not going to do that to this. So I took it away from him. And um, and then I gave it back to John. I said, you know, go ahead and finalize. Expound on this. Finalize this script, and then I will do it myself. You know, and that come to about 2016, whenever I started trying to get everything together for this one and everything and then of course i met i met rick of course on um guys evil, the, evil right. De- well, well i met him on evil deeds uh, okay full circle um and then he ended up working on mark of death so i knew about him and i was going to cast him as the sheriff in that one so um the rest of the casting i met buddy right. and i said keep your thoughts all right <laughs> Got to get to the news. We come back from the news. We'll pick up the story. And we'll tell you a little bit about how they put one of these uh, together. And then we'll talk about how they do it on a shoestring budget, which a lot of directors do now. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. News is next. Dave Ellswick Show. All right. If you just joined us here at the Dave Ellswick Show, we've got uh, several of the, is it, did we just say actors now? I mean, is it kind of an equality thing now that we call yeah, women, yeah, they, men? They, they don't. They don't go. They don't go. They don't even go actresses anymore. I don't think. Not really. <laughs> it's, you know, it's more just actors. Actors. Okay. Everybody. I. I'm. I'm trying. <laughs> look, I'm not one of the most politically correct people in the world, as Matt will tell you, and so I. I don't want to irritate somebody though so i will call you all actors that does that make everybody happy i'm fine with that okay i just want to make sure except all for right. the fact that i'm not an actor in this i movie. know you're not you're, <laughs> I'm just you're director. a director producer <laughs> you just play one you know TV. writer at times you, right. you kind of yeah. like do everything I do don't everything. you you're, yeah. you're like a man every friday once in a while, every once in a while i'll act but i'm not actor 
I know that's not that's <laughs> not it, that's not your passion. Getting in front of the camera is not your passion, is mm-hmm. it? It's, directing, it's being in behind. It's directing that's and, directing what you like. And well, he's yeah. going to have the lead in his next movie, Indestructible Afterlife, that has just started shooting. Well, that's a sequel to another movie. I've already played a previous movie. I played the lead villain in that, so I have to carry that over. Right. I have to play. That. Can't recast myself. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> well, you were in the movie that we had on um, back in. Uh, what 2012 2013 that we that we did for you didn't you? i played oh, the werewolf yeah you're the, the werewolf dude yeah. you were i love that 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 was so great that film being on the big screen and after i'm not going to give away too much but after that final scene in that segment where you know you know what happened yeah you know and the crowd stood up and just applauded yeah i was like wow and then the forbidden happened. No. Oh, <laughs> and then we saw P- half the half the crowd in the theater went. And did did you guys? Did you guys? I was like, <sighs> did you like beat those people senseless after that? I felt like it. Christian, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have no idea what we're talking uh-huh. about. It was one of the worst movies, seriously, mm-hmm. that yeah, I have that, ever that, in my life. Scene somewhere in the muddled mind of the director, there was a story, but, but it did not come out right, right on it, the it screen was, at it all. Was, it was, yeah, be glad you heard it. <laughs> yeah, I'm that. sitting and looking into the break, and she's being very careful. And I love she's being careful about what role she takes already mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know she's got her eyes set on bigger things, as does Christina, and I'm sure she's got the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you you, you mm-hmm. got to kind of be careful because, let's say, lightning does strike you in a bottle and you get on a big tent pole movie or something and suddenly, you know, you're walking the red carpet and all of that and suddenly somebody says, indestructible afterlife, stoner girl. No, that's when the night comes. But that's good. And everybody gets excited because everybody, everybody buys the movie for Matt. And Matt loves it because everybody buys a copy of the movie then. No, she's actually in Indestructible Afterlife. She's playing a bigger role. Okay. She's playing the reporter role. She's kind of like the... Uh, Gail Weathers. The Gail Weathers character of the story. A scream, huh? Yeah, she's, yeah, she's Alex Thompson. And so she's already said that that was one of, I guess, some of her favorite movies were the scream movies right. and Right, and that's, that's why whenever I told her she's playing this... Here, I got this part for you. You'll be playing this reporter in, in Indestructible Afterlife. She's like... Can I model my character after Gail Weathers? I said, "It's your Go character. For it. It's your, your character. character. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Do well, it." The character he was describing to me sounded very much like her. I'm moving you into the microphone. <laughs> That's what I. I'm not coming. I'm not saying come to my side of the desk. I just need you to to move up on the microphone so that we hear you really, really well. Yeah. So, do you do you storyboard everything? No. Okay. So no. you're not. I thought about doing that once, but then I was like, I saw some of the storyboards that Spielberg did, and I was like, my God, you can barely tell what's going on in those scenes. It's very true. <laughs> it's true. Right. It's storyboard. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, why should I waste my time doing that whenever I can just direct the people on how I want them to do the scenes, you know? Okay, do you it's a have lot it? easier. You sit down, you know? do you shoot from first to end the script, or do you shoot disjointedly yes yes depending on who is available to shoot when i will shoot like i could shoot the end of the movie 
first. Okay, how difficult is that for the actors, though? You, you could you could ask Buddy. And Buddy, how but, how difficult <laughs> is that for you if you got, you know, a a big scene that's at the end of the movie and you haven't even acted the parts that you're in in the beginning of the but movie? Buddy well, shows up in this movie, twenty five minutes into the movie, everybody else has already been established, and he comes in. So you can ask him about that. <laughs> okay. Well, in a perfect world, you would shoot in sequence so that your character could develop just as the movie's going along. Well, sure, you'd but, shoot but like pra- in a... Practically, you can't do it because all the actors, their schedules, they're doing other other uh, projects, mm-hmm. and you just have to have a short time. You can get this actor, so you got to do all their scenes, block them together, no matter what sequence it is. You know, it's just... It's just um, for practical reasons is why oh, you yeah, have to do it disjointedly. I'm just thinking that it might be difficult, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes to do a really emotional ending scene in a movie, and you're doing it as the first scene that that, that you're putting, you know, down on, uh, on the hard drive. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. say on film any longer because <laughs> I do understand it's basically all digital now. Yeah. Yeah. Which has cut costs considerably, hasn't that, Matt? Right, right, yeah. And it's made it easier to film outside of L.A. as, you're, as you were looking Yeah, we didn't to. even get in back to, into that because, you know, both of you, you don't have to go to L.A. anymore. I mean, you can send in the materials mm-hmm. that you need to send in to... You don't have to be in L.A. to audition That's anymore. correct. You mm-hmm. can do your self-tape auditions and email it to... Uh, the right. casting director and uh, you're all it you're always all set. helps to have somebody on the inside that can might nudge your material in front of the right sure. people mm-hmm. it's still mm-hmm. who you know yeah and that's that's the big thing that's you know but so many movies now are being made outside of hollywood like in new orleans and in atlanta uh, Van- vancouver uh nashville's getting big on the scene so is north carolina is north carolina as big as it was i mean when you know what was it uh the one that Katie Holmes was in, the weekly series that she was in. in oh, the, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Dawson's Creek. I mean, it was big then, but it seems to calm down quite. Uh, it's calmed down quite a bit. Well, a little bit, but I was talking to an Atlanta. Uh, oh, agent, well, that's huge right now. Talking to an Atlanta agent last year that uh, I got to uh, audition for, and uh, yeah, he told me outside of Atlanta right now, the burgeoning region is North Carolina. Really? Again, huh? Yeah, uh, New Orleans has kind of died down a little bit, but it's still big. Uh, Nashville's uh, coming onto the scene as well as Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville, all those true crime, my uh, murder shows on cable, ID channel. Most of those are made in Knoxville, and I was able to. Uh, yeah, plenty of muddy rivers out there. <laughs> yeah, I got to do a episode of Murder Comes to Town last December, and it'll be airing next month on uh, the ID channel where. I played a sheriff but it, it was uh, great to go you're going to be on the id now. channel now. yeah yeah i'll be on murder comes to town cool uh, i believe it's going to air july I'm 17th getting to get starstruck here <laughs> tell him how you got that well i had to do a self-tape <laughs> audition and um the place the person i usually do it with he was unavailable that night and i got a call from the casting director said i need this submitted by tonight and I was in Little Rock. I had to go by Matt's for another reason. So uh, I had Matt t- take my phone and do my audition up and basically up at his attic. And that was my That's audition. That's very cool. And then I got cast in uh, Murder Comes to Town based on that audition tape. 
So I yeah. feel proud I helped him get that part. Well, that's very, <laughs> well, that's very cool. I mean, it, it just goes to show that the whole the whole business has changed. And the and all of us work together and help each other. Well, here in you Arkansas, know. you know, we're in a right to work state. We don't have many SAG movies made here. It's independent movies, mm-hmm. so all, every actor here pretty much is um, is. Uh, non-affiliated you know or non-union and so we have independent actors we got to uh you know uh we got to support each other build each other up uh try try because when one one becomes successful it leads to the rest of us uh can can rise with them as well so christina has adam driver called you and said that he wants to help give you a break in the movie business i'm sorry who <laughs> Did you say Matt Driver? Adam, 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 Adam Driver. Adam. I was like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not he was with here that name. a few months ago uh, at the Arkansas Cinema Society. I yeah, got, I knew I he got, was. I got, to, I got to meet Adam. Yeah, his dad works next Kylo door. Kylo Ren, Star Wars. Yeah, Tyler, Kylo Ren. Oh yeah, he was here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kylo Ren. Did he call you and say, "Hey, let me help you break into the business"? Yeah, if he'd have called me, we wouldn't be here right now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> This is, but this is what I'm saying. This is what I'd, I'd really like to see some guys who have made it. And there's been other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we were talking about Billy Bob earlier, mm-hmm. away from uh, on the air. Be nice if uh, they would, as I like to say, give back just a tad. Mm-hmm. Come in and, and meet with people who are really, you know, wanting to make it in the business and maybe give them a few pointers of. How to make that just a bit smoother, right? Well, you can look at the movie Mud that was made in Arkansas what a, great a few movie. years ago. Jeff Loved Nichols, the movie. you know, Arkansas native, uh, made that film. He had an open casting call for the character of Neckbone, and uh, J- Jacob Laughlin from Yale County, over in my area, uh, uh, did an open audition for that and got cast in that. And he was about sixteen at the time, and now he's. He's uh, one of the hottest names and young actors in Hollywood right now. He was even played uh, a young Pierce Brosnan in the movie the or the TV series The Sun. What a great, great show that is! I haven't heard if it's been picked up for another season or not, but that's a good show. Right, right. Yeah, that's that TNT, was, isn't it? Yeah, those uh, I believe so, or AMC one. Maybe been AMC. Yeah, it's AMC. That's what it is. And and I've got a series uh, that's could be. Uh, going on AMC later in the fall um, in the 11th century medieval night series uh, that uh, called Night's End and um, hopefully that's going to be picked up by AMC the director's working on that so well, it should be as big as Vikings if it gets picked up well this is what's interesting and, and Matt you've been directing you know mm-hmm. these independent movies mm-hmm. for years now mm-hmm. okay what about you know Netflix. What about uh, for you for Amazon and and all the ones that are needing all new kinds of material all the time now? Mm-hmm. Have have you gone calling to talk to them and, my, and pitch them some of your stuff? My movies are on uh, Amazon. Okay, but uh, I'm talking about the, the you know original the, material that the, the, that the, they're picking up. The Netflix thing. Ah, that's a little. That's a little more harder to do you know Difficult. for some reason you know they, they don't make it easy for us you know to get through on netflix like that but you do know? you do you ever do you 
with all the new material that's out there now, mm-hmm. and I mean, there is this huge hunger now out there. Mm-hmm. There's more and more streaming organizations uh, opening for business, and they need new types of material. Mm-hmm. Are you pitching yourself to them? I mean, look, you've got a ton of stories already mm-hmm. set and ready to go. You could do an anthology series standing on your head and, and maybe have enough money to really have some fun at it. Yeah. I'm not saying you're not having fun now, but <laughs> yeah. you would really right. have fun right. if you had a couple hundred thousand dollars, in, and that's peanuts, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. an episode or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the Matt Space Chronicles on Netflix. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that is not something that's out of the realm. Right, right. Or yeah. are you just happy yeah. where you're at? Well, I've, I've looked into it, yeah. But, you know, some of it, you know, it's just, they they have so many things you have to jump over hurdles to get to. Yeah, you got to jump know. through. I'm right, sure. Right, right. So do they get? Is there is it big in? Uh, I don't know for Netflix and for Hulu and for everybody else now that's mm-hmm. doing all of this material. Uh, that they say, you know, what school did you go to? What you know, film school? Do they are they interested in that, or are they just interested? Show me what you've done, and let me see if I want to do something with it. If you were going to submit something to them that they would be interested in doing, like supporting and giving you money to work on, all you would have to do is basically take your phone, film a pitch idea scene, and that would be what would either get them interested in it or make them go, not interested, you know. That's what you have to do right yeah. there, you know. Dude, pitch. <laughs> I'm just saying, seriously. Well, the pitch. La- lately, then, my movies have been shot actually on phones, which is... That's kind of cool. It's, which is kind of the... What the was way- the movie a few years ago? That's the way that they did it. They filmed it on phones. Well, there's a lot of films nowadays. Uh, Rick was telling me about it, you know, because we were doing it on... on then the night comes, and I'm, I'm doing all of Indestructible on the phone. I'm shooting the whole movie on phones. I'm, and I'm trying um, to think it was dot com, wasn't it? Wasn't that the one that was the horror movie that they I, filmed I, I, it I all on phone? I don't phone? remember. I don't remember. But he, he goes he goes and talks to some guys from New York and, and California and he's like they they say we're on the right track here because this is how they're doing things out there. You know. And you know why you know like why that. that is? Because and I go with, with talking about our two females here uh-huh. because of the age that they are. That's the way that they see film every day. Mm-hmm. And they want to grab that because that's what they're used to seeing. And so if you can replicate that, mm-hmm. those eyes will follow. Right. Just saying. Right. You guys don't care if it's 35 millimeter anymore. No. She doesn't even know what I'm talking about. I do, but no, yeah, nobody I'm really saying, cares. I mean, on the high def TVs, some of us are now, real to real. Yeah, you it don't doesn't need necessarily it. matter. And the old eight millimeter. Well, you watch. Look, you watch. Yeah, you look at <laughs> some of Spielberg's early stuff. That he, I mean, he shot on Super Eight. Mm-hmm. It's Not really bad shot on you know Super Eight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, dual. it's really amazing what was done. I got stuff floating out there on Facebook. If you can find it, of stuff that I shot when I was in high school, mm-hmm. then you guys would be amazed that i was involved with that stuff let it be a lesson to you never to do things that you don't want people to see 
Just let you know. <laughs> so Dave Ellsworth Show, we'll take a break here on the, on the Dave Ellsworth. We'll be back more. At, uh, next month. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to come out on a shoot. Why don't you get a shoot? Come out and hassle you. You're going you gonna to come out and play that role? He'll watch you. But, Buddy's already cast the role, but he could always put you in there instead. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. All right, <laughs> oh, we'll I'll, talk fire, about I'll fire but, John yeah. Stafford and let you take, <laughs> take, take the role. So, no, I'm just saying. John, John's a, John's a cop. So you're going to be, gonna be the reporter in that movie. Yes. Okay. That's kind of cool. Okay. That'd be fun. That's a step up from being a, a stoner chick getting killed <laughs> yeah. or something. All right. How about you? What's next for you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that I, as I've been sitting here and listening, you're being very methodical in what you do. And, and that's nothing wrong with that. I know that if you go in, especially for any big audition, they're going to do the research on you. And the way I look at it is... I'd hate for one day it to be me and another girl, and the reason why I don't get picked is because of something that I've done in the past. Like, let's say I was in a auditioning for a Christian film, and they see me on a show, and I'm a, a drug dealer or something. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't really know if that would play in or if that would ever get brought up, but with that being a chance, I, I want this so bad that I'm very well, cautious. Well, since, since, you know, the folks know here with God's Not Dead, they know pure flicks people ask them you know i'm sure they'll get you in touch with somebody and you can ask them is that a problem i you might find that it's not as big of a problem as you think that it might be all right we got we got break now okay let's get our break and we'll be back we'll finish up with our guests here in just a moment matt i'm going to keep you just for a few more moments because i want you to be able to tell everybody where the movie is and how they can get it and things of that nature right now we got a break for the news let's do that on the dave ellswick show are you are you oh we're back. Okay, I've been told we're back. Christina, are you heading off to um, sling drinks here? After I do you get have that? to go to work. Where are you? Where Where are you? Um, working I'm spokesmodeling for Yingling Lager tonight. Cool. And so I get to kind of go out and give everybody free samples. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I get to be everybody's favorite person. Absolutely. I, what was it? I just saw free Yingling. Beer. Yingling you has get a these free samples. That just came out with a light. They just came out with a light. I saw. They do. They have a light, and they got the black and tan. They just—they've got all three of those here in Oregon. So how's the tan? I'm not a lager guy. I don't the the real hop hops mm-hmm. taste at the end. I love their black uh, and tan. Okay, so it's a dark beer, right? It is a little bit darker. It is going to be made with their, I believe it's their milk stout, and then they have a different lager that they use to mix that. Neither one of those are available here separately, so they're just here together as their black and tan. Okay. I think somebody bought out Bass. Which was traditionally your black and tan, which was Bass and Guinness. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm looking forward. I, I want to try that. It's yummy. You should try. I've it. had had, <laughs> had the lager. Not a big fan of the lager, but that nothing against them about that. I'm not a big fan of any lager beer. I like dark beer. <laughs> I've always liked dark beer. I'm a big uh, dark beer fan. <laughs> not any particular. I don't say particular brands unless they ask me to and they pay me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got to look out for my own career as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the key. Okay, so Matt, how do people get your movie so that they can see these two beautiful women? Well, when the movie is and see done. this guy, yeah, they're not, they're not going to like me in this yes, movie. Doctor Goldberg is complete ass in this movie. No, well, <laughs> very creepy, and he's a nice guy here. I mean, come well, on, he, buddy, he, he's playing re- against real, That's act. real life. He's it's an act. Yes, definitely, <laughs> real life. <But>, act. <laughs> 
But yeah, when the movie's done, it will be released on my website, it's darknightfilms.com, and that's not Dark Knight as in. Not in Batman. No, yeah, no it's K. it's night as in yeah. Night night. N i g h. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got no, you. Okay. And uh, they can also get it on Amazon, but I would prefer that people buy it through my website. He doesn't want to share, <laughs> and I don't blame him. Buy it through his website. Why not buy it through Matt's website? He's been doing this for years now. When first one? When was it? Two thousand three. Okay, so fifteen years you've yeah, been at this. Yeah long time and you've gotten a lot better it's very obvious yeah, as you've yeah. Done your, all you'd have to do if is you look hadn't at, yeah. you'd have already yeah. quit all you'd have to do is look at the scenes of what i did prior which you saw some of that already and then look at that scene that i sent you of uh the character of ashley being attacked by the reaper in then the night comes and you'll realize how far i've come <laughs> okay so what, what would you, you tell know? some young guy some young buck out there wants to do what you're doing or young buckette uh wants to direct movies would you tell them to do it the way you have or would you tell them to go to film school somewhere go to belmont up in nashville or something like that just to get that under under their belt you don't have to go to usc okay you just don't have to do that go to belmont i would never want to tell somebody how they should do their stuff if they want come on if they want to do it that way that's 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 fine but if they wanted to do it like i did it that's up to you you know it's, okay. wor- it's worked out for me. Since you're going to punt, <laughs> since you're going to punt, I'll ask our actress this year. What would you tell people to do? Would you tell them to just uh, give a shot at it, or would you say go to acting school? I say be active. Get up, go do it. I'm, I didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started getting on stage when I was you know, a little girl, I just kind of felt like I wanted but af- to, but after you wanted did to that, do that. I mean, when you want to take the bigger step, do you think you have to go out and and work your trade? Do you got to go and, and, and get an acting coach and, and, and make them I think it's something that you should cry? do. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think any, any way to learn is, is definitely encouraged. No okay. matter what it is, take classes if they're available, if they're free, if you can save up the money, do them. Um, you know, get headshots. Because they're not cheap. But, right. No, it's not. Industry is not cheap, and then it requires a very flexible schedule for your work, and your work can definitely hold you back right. from pursuing your dream. All right, both of you are young. All right, you will not tell me your age, but that's okay. <laughs> you're 22. Oh, 20. 20. You 20. mentioned you're 20 years old. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you know, you're already thinking in terms of the business. What about as the terms of the acting? Are you looking for another coach? I mean, you had a coach for a while. Are you going to continue doing that? Um, the program is actually coming to Hot Springs. It's Nikki Peterson Talent. Okay. And um, since I've gone through it before, I can do it again. So I'm hoping to do that. And my acting coach will actually be Tiffany Thornton, which she's from Arkansas, and she was on Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping to you know continue growing and learning from there. And so you think you did things from Disney Channel and came out the other end normal? <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't come out you normal? Know oh, some of them only one that I know of. <laughs> I can say I can say Miley Cyrus did not come out normal. Be the one that after stays Hannah the good Montana. Role yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, just don't want to see you licking a hammer. <laughs> Oh, well, it depends, you know. Oh, my. Someone has enough money. Yeah, you never know. 
What's the park? Enough money, I'll lick a hammer. What's the, <laughs> what's the park? Matt, have you seen this new, there's there's a, a new movie coming out that looks low budget. The Purge is a good example of low budget movies mm-hmm. that have gotten bigger budgets as they've gone along. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saw franchise was the same way. Mm-hmm. Although, may I just say, J- James Wan, who made the first Saw movie and started the franchise out, mm-hmm. made a totally different movie than what the franchise evolved into, right. which was just you know torture porn. Right. I mean, uh, James Wan to me, you know, just get your thought on this. Okay. The guy's a genius. Do you think that he's a genius as far as horror goes? Well, I think he can Insidious. do anything. Well, he can do anything he's shown. Conjuring. I mean, he's shown he can do anything. Yeah, he's, he's Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, he's done Fast and Furious yeah. movies for Christ's sakes. How do you go from, <laughs> yeah. you know, those kind of uh, horror films to play, you know, directing an action film like that? I like to know? throw things at, at at Matt that he's not expecting. So, what if and you I had always, a budget I, I, like that? I, I, what would you do, Matt, <laughs> if you had a budget of a hundred and fifty million dollars? Mm-hmm. And you walked on set. There's the rock. There's the rock. All right. He's ready to go. You got the rest of the crew. They're wanting to know what in the heck do you want them to do. Well, he would spend $145 million on me because <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know the secrets about him that he doesn't want out. There you go. There you go. What would you do? I mean, if somebody came to you, I mean, they just offered you a million dollars for a budget. That's, if, I was directing, if I was directing The Rock... Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. I don't know. I don't know if I'd direct any different than what James Watt did. I, think well, he, I would agree I with think you. He, I think he had an easy job there just having all the talent he had around him right there. Yeah. That was just easy to make an action movie with all, the, and all, all of those. Them? Yeah, all okay. those great people, you know. Um, but, but who needs The Rock when you got Rick Viper? <laughs> and that's true, too. That is true. And you can thank us, Rick, for saying that. He's a heck of a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's got. Yeah, is it amazing? You ma- just you just gotta see him playing this sheriff. This sheriff I'll, role. I'll watch it. Is he is awesome in this role? I'll watch it. I mean, she I mean, got she got just a brief glimpse of it. Well, I'm not gonna give too much away because yeah. you know, when, when when she got a brief glimpse of it, it was. I didn't want to say. All right, so okay, so now Christina is kind of the introvert girl. Okay, this is I find her interesting. I find you interesting because you get in front of a camera and all of a sudden you got to strip all that away and you know just take everything off and say here you know what's the part that I'm playing you literally you know let yeah, it fly I, at that I, point I kind of get really invested into the character I really think deeply okay, how, into how, how tough is that for you being an introvert though it's not really hard at all you can separate yourself then yeah yeah, she did. She's she did. And in, bet- in between takes, I like to be by myself. <laughs> no, so yeah, those, you'll find cool. me sitting in my car or sleeping or something like that in between takes. I don't. Yeah, she just. Like how, how, about, <laughs> how about for you? I mean, how you you got? I'm going to just tell you. Everybody sitting here, and, and I'm not I'm not being facetious here. You got the you know it's the innocence thing going on here. All right. <laughs> Something tells me what what happens if somebody wants to dig down and they want something real nitty and gritty coming coming out. You're already doing that, aren't you, with a vampire killer? I mean, in a way. <laughs> I mean, yes. you can be nitty gritty without cursing and, yeah. and all right, kinds right, of things right, like right, that. Right. I mean, I want everybody to understand right. that. 
But if you're going to, you know, drive a stake through somebody's heart or something, you you got to have a completely different disposition than uh, for some other part. I think she's got that. Does she have that in there? Yeah, she did sort of an audition, sort of a thing, uh, yeah. for this uh, character in um, Dark Knight, which is the vampire film I was we were just talking about earlier. You know, and her work in there just showed me she's got it as far as doing the action stuff. You know, she didn't do a lot of that in this last film because it's a slasher film, and she was just playing this party girl. You know, her character is Felicia, by the way. I never mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah, you did. You mentioned Fel- Felicia. Did I? You yes. did mention oh, okay, Felicia. Okay, okay. I did, I did. You said a girl that was supposed to play Felicia couldn't show up because she yeah, couldn't get on. I, I just didn't mention it. <laughs> Which just blew my mind. I, I want to be an actor, but I don't thank have you a for car. Thank you not coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for not That's coming because you got the part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, inter- it, it, it's interesting for all of you It's uh, because it's all independent film right now. But you always mm-hmm. hope mm-hmm. that it, it's going to move into to, to something larger. So for right. folks that are out there that want to get their feet wet into this, that want to get noticed, that gives them, you know, some, some things that they can show to people up mm-hmm. the food chain, uh, how do people get involved in uh, your movie-making business, Matt? Well, lately it's been... Through casting with uh, Buddy, Buddy Campbell. Buddy Campbell. Buddy Campbell's mm-hmm. been casting and the regular casting on my films, and then Rick has come in and, and did extras casting, which is okay. where I got where I got these two. Nice. Right. Well, he did good. <laughs> he, he did, did good. He did. I mean, seriously, he, he did. did. He did really good. But for a wannabe filmmaker, just get a camera and start shooting. It doesn't matter the quality. You know, you just got to learn. How right. to use a camera right. and learn how and, to tell a story. And you, <laughs> right, yeah. learn, learn how to tell a story and just film it with your. You've phone. got a platform to put you it in. It, you can put you it on it. YouTube. I mean, right. I mean, it's it's just simple. Take a cell phone, make a movie, put it on YouTube. It's that right. easy to make a film these days. It is. And ask if people to give them give you their honest assessment. If, if you may not if, like it. If you're any good, people <laughs> take notice. You know, it's yeah. like I asked you for your honest assessment of that scene. I sent it's you. good. <laughs> I, good. Lo- I love hearing that, you know. And most people see that scene and have, they're like, "Have you all seen it? The scene that he's talking about? Which scene? Uh, did I've I only seen you? mine. No, when you character were character of Ashley when getting... you were over, I think. Oh, I that one. You, uh, yeah, her getting. Yeah, her head. I've seen that one. Yeah, so, that's good. That one is good. It's I, well I, done. I'm kind of jealous about that. One. <laughs> 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 it's kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the act- actress that did that is Lindsay Deanna, and she is excellent. She's another one that just burst on the scene, uh-huh. you know, out of out of nowhere. She was an extra in um, God's Not Dead Part Three, uh-huh. and now right. she's starring in one of Matt's films. Yeah, now she's now she's a, she that was a smaller role when she played um, the character of Ashley, you know, in Then the Night Comes, and now she's the main character a detective character because she didn't want to have the role she was she was the first choice but she didn't want to do what it, the character uses some foul, salty language foul, foul language i call it salty language. It's, it's 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 a detective you know you're <laughs> sure gonna, yeah, that's gonna happen salty. that's gonna happen but so. that's an indestructible afterlife is that movie that um right Right. Lindsay's going to have one of the big leads in. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is going to be good. So she went from she went from that role and went to a, a top tier role. <laughs> okay, so buddy, how do people Kinda get like a hold her. of you? 
<laughs> well, they can. Uh, best way to uh, look at my stuff is on my on IMDb uh, under Buddy Campbell. You can get a list of all my movies, and uh, you can also contact me on my uh, my Facebook page, like everybody else. Uh, just Buddy Campbell. Okay. Um, Are you on friends Facebook. on my my page? Uh, if I'm, if we're not, we should be. We will be. <laughs> we'll be before the end of the day. How's that? We'll do. It. We'll make that happen. Are you? Do you all have Facebook pages? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. So come to Dave Ellswick show, and uh, and ask me to friend you up, and I will, okay. and we'll get you on there, and people can get in touch with you. Um, I would also like to make sure the little local stalkers get to know you really well. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> Next weekend's the theatrical release of a movie I did last year around the Nashville area called Summer of 67. Be, uh, I'm going to the red carpet premiere in Nashville um, on the 29th, and uh, it'll be in uh, select theaters around the country. So I uh, just would like to, everybody, if it's in your area, to come out and see it. It's a faith-based film uh, set during the Vietnam War of 1967, and uh, it'll, you'll tear up watching it. It's when I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> I wasn't even born. I am older <laughs> than frickin' dirt. <laughs> I really am. Okay. I appreciate you all coming in. Seriously, it's been it's been great. Keep your eye on her. She's going to go somewhere. Um, if you want to see my most recent that yeah. was released is Then There Was Joe. Okay. That was filmed here in Arkansas by oh, Justin cool. Warren. Okay. He's a writer and director and starred. All right. So how do we how do we get a hold of it? How do we find it? I would assume through Justin's page. I'll okay. have to get that to you. Send that to me, and it's I'll share then that. There, then there was Joe on Facebook. Okay. All right. And I know the DVD, it's already premiered here in Little Rock, Chicago, and L.A., and there's DVDs available. Very cool. That one's I'm already telling out. you, you're going to get out of the box. You're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. You're going to do very well, I have no <laughs> doubt. You're, you'll be in different genre than she will i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that's all right that's cool i gotta get a break let's do that then we'll finish it up here on the dave ellswick show here's i was just going to say as you as we were talking and we were talking about money mm-hmm. uh and making movies look you can make a movie mm-hmm. for a ridiculously low amount of money however if you want to make a really great quality looking movie having a little bit of money doesn't hurt mm-hmm. you know and and you've been hamstrung because you have some money but it would be nice if somebody would say to you matt that mm-hmm. we like your ideas mm-hmm. we've got a budget here and it would be under a hundred it'd be under a million dollars easy it'd be somewhere half a million dollars or whatever if you had a half a million dollars with what you've done already mm-hmm. it would be like somebody else getting 10 million dollars well, yeah. Because you know how to yeah. stretch a buck. Right, right. The way I shoot, you know, half a million would be a lot of money. Astronomical. Yeah, that'd be a whole <laughs> lot, of, a lot of money. What, what's the average, would you say, that you that you shoot on? About 1,500. Think about that for a moment. And then be given the half most, a million? The, the oh, most, my God. The most I've ever had, and that was when my dad was still alive and was helping me produce, you know, was 2,500. And that was because we're paying for a professional wrestler, a female professional wrestler, to come down here and play the physical, awesome role that she had to play. Come on, because, man. Now, because you're make me because laugh. back Don't back, do that. B- back then, I couldn't get 
a female that could really do a lot of ass kicking in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, okay. It was like I had to bring in a professional wrestler from California to come in here and be this total uh, badass girl. You know, right, because right. most of the girls I was getting cast of, they were like. I'm gonna break my nail. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, I mean, now you didn't know Gal- Christina. No, no, Gal- no. Gal- now, now she's not gonna think. Gal- I'm sitting here ripping my nails off right yeah. now. Yeah, Gal- Gal- now, cost yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah, now, now I've got more people. You know that I can. Do. I don't have to spend How expense to tip- bring people in. Okay, when you started, casting you know. call was what, fifteen people maybe. Twenty. My films back yeah, back the in the beginning. day, the, the most I had was yeah, probably about fifteen people. Were now in the how movie. many? This last movie, then the night comes. There's fifty five characters in this movie. Okay, but how many people showed up to play them? All of them. Well, I know that. But I'm saying <laughs> how, many, how many how many people auditioned? How many people auditioned? Uh, well, enough. You got tired of watching them, I bet. <laughs> Some of them. I didn't even have to audition them because I trusted Buddy's judgment. Mm-hmm. How many did you see, Buddy? A lot? Dozens, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. People, word gets out. Buddy Buddy came to me and he would say, I got this person for you for this part. And Every I, person I sent his way, I worked in a movie before with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it said it just comes from familiarity. And then Rick. And then Rick. Yeah, another got, guy's got, got all kinds got me, of... Got Contact, me these yeah. these and all the extras for the party scene, you know, and I got some good people from that too that are going to be carrying over in the future films too. So I mean, between Rick Viper and Buddy Campbell here, you know, we're uh, we're taking the Dark Knight films in a totally different direction. Darknight.com, correct? <laughs> Darknightfilms.com. Oh, Dark yeah. Knight Films. I keep forgetting the film. <laughs> and if you're Dark a young, a- films. if you're a young actor, don't be afraid to take. The role Risks. of an extra mm-hmm. in one line because that Gotta gets your get foot you. in the door. Got to get started. Just meeting the people and being on set and shaking hands with the director, shaking hands with other cast members, they'll remember you. All right. I appreciate all you guys coming in. Seriously. We're going to switch gears. The Geek Squad's coming in. <laughs> Stick around meet a couple of guys. Mitch Breitweiser. Is Mitch here already? He hasn't shown up yet. Tim Loom's going to be here. Is the doctor here yet? He's not here yet. I but they're all running like late. Meet the guy who used to do all the drawing of uh, Captain America for Marvel for years, and uh, also Drax. You know Drax? Yeah. Uh, this is Mitch Breitweiser's guy who came up with that character. Uh-huh. There's a lot of talent here in Central Arkansas. You'll meet more of it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, my thanks to Christina Castle for the donuts. I'm telling you, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I I started talking to Mitch. He's got his mouth full. It's just totally stuffed in there. Oh, we're on the air. Oh yeah, we're on the air now. Yeah, that's okay. That's no problem. It's no problem. The Red Rooster Man is here. Indiegogo.com. That's it. Yeah. Indiegogo is it? It hasn't started yet. Not until no, July, right? July fifth. Okay, we have day after the fourth. Day after the fourth, yeah. So that way everybody's back. It makes sense. Day after the fourth is the fifth. Yeah, everybody will be. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can sleep in. You're full of hot dogs and burgers and beer, and then yeah. you can uh, wake up and uh, contribute to our Indiegogo Absolutely. campaign. Be a backer. Be That'd one be of the great. first arrivals. So, what's some special things? I mean, I I went on Cyber Frog, and it's amazing, like the two hundred and fifty, three hundred and fifty dollar special things that he has mm-hmm. i mean those are very very collectible things Josh, you've got to go to this stuff and take a look 
because uh, Josh is our ultimate collector here. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. He's got a, he, like I said, he's going to retire better than all of us. He will. I think, he, Before he, it's all said and done, <laughs> I have no doubt about it. So. But the, but the, the question is going to be broke before we uh, well he's going to live broke so he can retire rich. That's the thing. Do you want to be broke and happy, or do you want to be have money and you know, well, or both, or have the money? Well, later. but can you part? You want to be will you be now? able to part with all your collect your collectibles in your old age? Yeah, Effie? I've been having to do it from time to time because there's some that's like when you like when I went to New York, I'm like a couple years ago, man, the plane tickets are so high. Well, I guess I have to sell a thing or two. <laughs> That's smart, man. My uh, San Diego hey, photos from 2013 paid for my whole New York trip. Take some calories, dude. Take some calories. There's a bunch of calories in that box right there. Yes, it is. Feel free. By the way, I want to I want to welcome back our long lost voyaging geek friend Josh, and he has been. You've been gone for about three months, man. Where you been? Where haven't you been? Here and there. Yeah, you've been everywhere. When I went to Houston last month, and I was going to come the day I was coming home, I was like, I don't feel like it now. This chair, I'm going to stay another day or two or week. <laughs> I wish I worked that way. If I if I just decided not to show up and do my show, well, I had the I freedom be working since, out. Come since on I brought in, my Tim. laptop with me, I was able to work. You know, yeah, where I was at, so I call it my little work vacation. So I was able to, you know, work it and it's, everything. This is cool because you can. Be traveling mm-hmm. and continue to do the work that you were paid for, right? Right. I call them my little work vacations. I work, you know, during during the day and at night. It's like, here we go. You young hmm. bucks do not understand how lucky you have it. I mean, as long as I have been alive, basically, you were. That's a long time. Yeah, a long time. You were <laughs> anchored down. But at least working I'm working somewhere. You know, and at least it's like a real job. I was know? always clocking in, you know. Everywhere I've ever worked, I had to clock in. I don't clock in here, but they keep your eye out on me, make sure I'm here. Josh is always traveling somewhere. He He's always this guy's going. jet set. Okay, so you went to Houston. You went mm-hmm. to New York. Have you been on since you were in New York? Yeah, yeah. New York was back in... Uh, for 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 fun, it was in March, but like New York Comic Con was in October, which I got New York Comic Con tickets for this October, so we'll be good for that. Right, okay, um, I'm willing to uh, to help you out with any of that. Yeah. Okay, we, which is a uh, he so is I our correspondent. Got a, so I actually got an email from Image last night because when you when you get approved for San Diego, they give your email address to like everybody, and so now now the emails will start coming. Hey, we got this panel we've got this going on here's the names of people if you want to contact them and interview them so uh, well he must be really special (laughs) this is how we get the people on that we get sometimes on the show that join us right so uh i'll be getting some of these to bring back for this show shane's show and whoever i emailed i'm I'm like shane that do you know any of these people you know turn a light bulb on in your head he's like going i've gone to pass every year and i've never gone put on a mailing list you make me envious I, I've been. I That's guess because you haven't had me filling out your paperwork. Probably, right. yeah. Yeah, Dave. I mean, it took me years to get approved for San Diego, and then all of a sudden he says, "Hey, Dave, <laughs> can you fill this out for me?" Sure. <laughs> Done. <laughs> You're in. You got the golden ticket. And then there's a little, Willy Wonka's looking for green light by my name, and it says press. <laughs> yeah, he likes that. He's got the well, press. You have power and influence, Dave. No, How does I can, that feel? I am I, I am the ultimate BSer. <laughs> I've I've worked around those people long enough that I know what they want to hear. And then when you keep on and keep it on, and they hear your name, you are like, "Hey, aren't you that one guy that?" Yep. Good. Good. Okay, I've heard good things about you. That's what it works. And now, 
people's want you will not send them this part okay you don't send this piece of how we've worked this all right don't send it to them right but the rest of t- today's show you can send it out to comic-con and you can say see this is what i do when i'm on the dave ellswick show and you're talking about comics and you're talking about the things going on at the shows and all of that that's how you get invited to the after parties just saying so, Josh, you should bring Dave with you. <laughs> this is a goal of mine. I don't know. Could, could you got, handle I'm California? Go, well, here's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, I could handle it. I don't know if they can handle me. <laughs> that would be the question. Uh, the, the question is, is if maybe I can get enough comic book stores to send us out and do the show live from San Diego. Maybe. But, it's but pricey. My, That's but, the you know, only I know. Problem. My, biggest, my biggest worry is how much bandwidth is going to be available out there to be able to grab hold of and broadcast from there. I mean, we've already talked to them. We know that they'll set us up inside, you know, in in the, I want to call it a fair, but, you know, convention you know hall. the convention hall. And, uh, and that's no problem. The question is when you get that many thousands of people all sending selfies around, Will you have enough bandwidth to stay mm-hmm. on the air? What do you think, Russ? Would we come on in, Mark? What What do you think, Russ? Would we have enough bandwidth out there? Do you think to be out uh, in uh, San Diego at Comic Con and broadcast yeah, by back? I could make sure of that. Okay, we can be sure of that. Okay, all right. So when is Comic Con coming up? Uh, the 18th of July. Well, we won't be doing it this year. Next year, 18th to yeah, 26th. It'll be sometime July next year. All right, we'll look at doing something because I, I I've been in contact with them in the past, and they're more than happy to have us out there. So that would be fun to do. I can't pay for all of you guys to come. I'm sorry. You guys got you get like we on? You have yeah, we're on. Oh, okay. You got like miles saved up that you've been flying around or whatever that you can use your miles to pay for a, a plane ticket out to California. It's not really the actually the plane ticket isn't as bad as the hotel. The hotel is what's really expensive when you get there. Dumpsters are comfortable. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, make sure you get the grate on the sidewalk with the heat coming out from it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It works. We're talking about going to Comic Con next year. Do you know what I did the first few times I went? You slept in your car. Yeah, I know you it was did. Cheaper. I know you did. We, and I'm brave, dude. We talked about this. Yes, I, I found I'd find a Walmart parking lot. Yes, there are Walmarts out there. They close at midnight, and I would find a you know a shade, and I'd open the sunroof and kick the seat back. It's I'm just I told him if you want to really do it, you gotta just do it. That's mm-hmm. dedication right there. That's the way you got. Man, you my right first in. radio job, I lived in my car for six months. Uh, Dave, when I would go yes. to conventions, when I was trying to get into comic books, yes. So I, I was broke. I mean, I was like. Yeah, yeah, well, you're uh, broke, bro- broke. You're more broke than broke. Yes, uh, I know yeah, what more you're broke than broke. That's yeah. hard, so, hard uh, to do, like, but it can be done. Yeah, like street urchin <laughs> level kind of broke. Yeah. Uh, so I'd book a show because Oliver the, broke. The only way to get uh, the word out, right, and to get in front of people was to go to these conventions, and uh, and show your work and get get known and and meet people over and over again, uh, get critiques that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. I'd book con- hotel rooms. I'd, I'd book tables. Artist alley tables. So you pay like a couple hundred bucks or three hundred bucks for an artist alley table for a weekend. And I'd book a hotel room without the money to cover the room. And I'd hitch a ride, not hitch, but I'd 
buddy up with a peer or a friend or whatever, and we'd write out together. Uh, and I would have to draw. Like I'd have a, I'd have a, like a timer, and I'd be like, I got to do a drawing. I got to sell them for X amount, and I got to do so many a day, just to eat and pay for my bill at the end of it. And I did it every time. I never had to wash dishes, but man, I would take some risks. Did, it, did you have? Did you look? I've heard at some of these uh, events now, the Comic Cons, that these people that show up to sign pictures and stuff from Walking Dead and things of that nature, they just show up with a black plastic bag. And they just stuffed the $20 bills in the bag as they signed oh, the yeah, pictures. Oh, yeah, they're making a killing. I mean, they're make, Mark, they're making $20,000, $25,000 in a weekend. Every yeah. show we've ever done, there's been at least a half dozen Walking Dead people at them. I mean, those, And they don't have to. They're not yeah, like, the, like one the major no. guy. <laughs> yeah, one episode. Uh, who's that guy, Tim, who we see at so many shows who makes the, hey, yeah, that guy? I don't want to say his name on the air. I think if people know who uh, we're talking about, it's pretty obvious. But that's his, <laughs> that's his big thing is he'll go to the con and he'll say, hey, yeah, and he'll say it really loud so everyone can, can hear him. But he was literally only in a, key, a few episodes of the series, but that's what he's that's known Walking for. Dead. That's Walking Dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they, they – um, so the way it works at these cons is that celebrities, they have a guarantee, which means that part of their contract is – they're told like they're going to make 5k or 10k <laughs> and the idea is that if they don't make that minimum they have to be paid it somehow whether it's before or afterwards but yeah I'm, the trash bags full of cash doesn't surprise me at it's, all it I, i'm just telling you the stories are there a lot and it's you know when you put money in a trash bag and you leave guess who doesn't get their cut uncle sam mm, that's, that's right. exactly right and that's saving quite a bit of money at that point all right, break. We'll be back. Geek Squad's here. we got a lot of things to talk about. I went and saw uh, Jurassic World last night. I already told Tim a little bit about it. Uh, if you're into social justice warriors, uh, you'll like the very beginning of it. If you're into animal rights, you're going to love a lot of the things in it. we got got a lot more to talk about here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We want to talk about Hortons. Hortons began in business back in the 80s, right off of 12th Street in Little Rock, I think 1984 to be exact. They've grown their small family practice now into six locations, and this family business provides Arkansans with all of their orthotic and prosthetic needs. Now, now here's what they've done. Just uh, Thursday, yesterday, they tore down two-thirds of the house that they have been located in for their business. That house was built in the late 1800s, it was time for it to go down. It has now gone down, and it's now going to be made into a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. I got to see some of that new technology on Wednesday. They have a 3D printer now. This is cool. Tim, being, being a doctor of audiology, these, are you familiar with Gary Horton at all? Yes. Okay, so you, you know Gary Horton. He's the guy who gave every person who wears... A, a prosthetic now that can bend their knee can thank Gary uh, Horton. He's the one who devised the, the uh, articulating knee for prosthetics. Gary Horton here in Little Rock. He worked with NASA to do that. All right. He's got a machine now. You're going to like this. You know how they, they form the prosthetics. They would make forms and then mold the plastic around the forms and all that. They now have – turn on your mic there. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, th- they have got this 3D printer now, and all they're waiting is figure figure another six months. 
the material that will be fed to the printer will be able, they'll be able to take a device, go over the person's stump of where the the amputation was and stuff, make a, a copy of that into the computer, and the computer will be able to print out the prosthetic. That's amazing. I mean, it's just form fitting. This is all this stuff has happened in the last about four years. And I've been I've been doing their advertising since 2002, 2003. And it is amazing to me what technology has done here just recently. It's it's incredible. And Mm -hmm. it it just keeps getting better and better now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do it all over at Horton's on 12th Street right here in Little Rock. All right. So Tim Lim looks at me and said, Jurassic World, did it suck? You know, because he, heard, I wrote to him last night and I said, once you got past the social justice warrior animal right BS at the beginning, then it got all right. Okay. It's, it's pretty, and they throw a little bit of that in as you go along, but I kind of, I'm used to that from Hollywood anymore. I know that they're going to throw it in there. I just ignore it now. <laughs> but they still got your money. Yeah, they still got, they, got, they got my money. How did it I mean, rank compared to the first one? Because I love that first Jurassic I, World movie. I'm gonna t- here's here's the thing: Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, and and you you Josh, you correct me if you think I'm wrong. Jurassic Jurassic World, the newest one, is Jurassic Park 2.0. There are direct scenes reshot in this movie from the first movie. Oh my goodness. It was like homage city. Yeah, do you? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. The, the did it have one, a jeep chase in it? No, <laughs> no, no. But it did have. Remember the kids being in the kitchen, uh-huh. and the and the raptor is in there. Well, in this one, they don't have just a raptor. They got the raptor on steroids, the Indoraptor. Mm-hmm. They're inside this big, and I mean, this is a big house because you got dinosaurs running through the hallways. But anyway, you got this big house, and they're in this like, it's like a a, a trophy room of dinosaur bones and stuff and they're doing the exact same scene of the kitchen in the trophy room is that good or bad it was good good okay because uh, the Cause trailer he, for jurassic world 2 i mean it looked like a horror movie and that kind of got me interested it, in it. is is it, is it yeah, a horror it's, movie it's, it's, it's the, like a, the second a, half of the movie like is a, horror, a haunted house mm-hmm. horror movie all right then that's enough to get me to go to it yeah you'll like it there, there's a scene this this badass dinosaur at the end is so smart it can open doors, and it, it's there's a scene where the girl is in bed. Yeah, that was in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, and it's coming up on her, and there's this great. It's almost like out of Dracula, the Bella Lugosi mm-hmm. Dracula, and it's coming through the blowing curtains on the window, and all you can see is these claws coming in, and the two fiery eyes. Looking into the bedroom, it's it's very cool. It, it, the the those, guy those who directed are it, just like, yeah, and it keeps freaky. Cl- clicking them, yeah, on the ground. It it said that the, the 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 guy who directed it said the thing that they really wanted to bring to this movie that they thought they had lost in a lot of the sequels was the tension, excitement, and misdirection that they had had in the first movie. I mean, it was a, it was a Spielberg movie. He's, he, 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 you know, the dude is like the, I don't know what you want to say. He's like the god of misdirection, all right, with Jaws and everything. Bottom line, they succeeded, I thought, huge. It's going to do big box office. Oh, my God. It's going to do I think it did. I office. think I read 12 million just from last night. It was 
It was packed. There were both theaters packed out uh, for 7 o'clock. Were there and, kids in your show? Oh, yeah. I went and saw the 10 o'clock show, and like half the theater was parents with kids. And so, you know, when they were, you know, they got back to the whole bloody dinosaur gory scenes, and I kept seeing moms, you know, leaning over their kids and covering them in their eyes. <laughs> it just, is. I will warn people that. It, it's it gets, it's PG-13 for a reason. Thank you, Mr. Spielberg. But the bottom line, it's got some pretty graphic scenes in it. Yeah, I just jumped in, but uh, have you guys talked about Chris Pratt and uh, his... Well, I liked uh, what state? he had to say to you. Yeah, I know, and that... I mean, there's been getting a mixed response from that. You know, a lot of the you know the the people on the left are saying, "Oh SJWs, no, SJWs, no, yeah, the SJWs are in an uproar because you know he basically uh, confessed his faith. You know, and you're not supposed to do that. Um, but God I, I loves think you. I think that's actually and helping he cares the about you. exactly. That was I mean, great. why was that a controversial and statement? But <laughs> I wonder how much gymnastics training he had to go through this, or is he a, a, a contortionist because of the whole? The only you know, part in the movie that I really got ticked off about mm-hmm. all right was the lava scene mm-hmm. he would have been incinerated right i'm just saying he gets that, within about that's one of those things three... where i was leaning forward in my seat by my bottom lip i'm like <laughs> about three inches <laughs> he's like three inches from the lava flow and he's not bursting into flames i mean come on all right but yeah that's the only really that was the huge huge you know pothole oh break all right so i've got a new back wiper blade from Arcadia. they got knocked off by a uh, car wash uh, place over in cabot whose name will remain unknown except that you guys know which one it is and he's not paying to fix my car so i had to figure out a way of doing it without breaking the bank so i called rd rd said yep i can get that for you dave cost you 20 bucks so, I'm having Joe put it on Monday. So, I'll have my my uh, wiper blade on the back of my Acadia again. Because not having it, you don't realize how important that thing is until you don't have it. The Acadia, for whatever reason, the rear tires pick up the, the road, uh, the moisture off the road, and they throw it on the back of the car. So, it covers up that window, and you can't, you know, I can I can tell that there's cars behind me because they usually have their lights on, you know, when it's bad weather. So, you know, there's a car, but I like to know whether it's a Mack truck or, uh, or a little, you know, subcompact or whatever. Sonny's auto salvage can get you something that small. They can get you something like an engine because they've had to do that for me as well for my 2009 uh, Corolla. Bottom line, save yourself some money, get yourself a good warranty on that engine. I got a three year parts and labor, unlimited mileage warranty which means if anything basically goes wrong with that motor in three years they're going to fix it absolutely free i got the same thing for the drivetrain uh the uh, the transmission that i did for the car as well it's good for three years i don't have to worry about it at all and i gave it to my son-in-law and to my daughter for them to be you know in a car that's going to drive uh, very comfortably again that's sunny's auto salvage is your number one choice for recycled auto parts the number there is 982 Seven four five one. All right, Mark's here. Uh, Tim's here. Mitch is here. Josh is here. Josh has not been here for a long time. It's good to see him back. We've been talking about uh, Jurassic uh, World. You're gonna. I'm. I'm all fired up for the sequel already. Oh, so there's gonna be a sequel? There will oh, be. Well, yes. it was always built to be a sequel. The last movie took us into this movie. This movie takes us into the final part of the trilogy. 
which is can man survive with dinosaurs? So there's a, a park trilogy and a world trilogy. So what's the next trilogy after that? Is it going to be Jurassic Universe? Is it no, Raptors it's, in Space? It's, it's, no, it's not Raptors in Space. <laughs> in fact, did you stay for the final uh, end oh, credit? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I, I, I want to see for... Raptors in Space. Yeah, well, you, you'll see them on top of the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas. Awesome. All right. It looks good. There's some pretty cool scenes at the end of the movie that get me kind of excited. It, it's what I've always wished for about, you know, the end of morphs from aliens being let go in suburbia. I would love to see that happen and do a good job at it. Well, it's like the uh, yeah, the teaser for Alien 3, you know, had the, the picture of Earth and it said, you know, the aliens are going to come to Earth and then that's not the movie we got no. at all. Yeah. Have, have you seen that already? Has that been out yet? Was that one three? Is that three been out? Hmm? Alien three? Yeah, the, the one from the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about the Predator. The oh new Predator yeah, movie. no, I haven't oh, seen. No, it. it's Predator four. No, it's not out yet, right? Yeah, it's not out right. yet. Okay, and this is going to be a reimagining for the fir- of the first movie, from what I'm understanding. Is it so? It's a remake or a reboot? It's not um, a it's, sequel. It's no, it's a reboot. From what I'm saying, isn't what you understood, Josh? It was going to be a to reboot. It's like the the first and second movie combined and kind of mashed together. Yeah, yeah kind of like how you know the uh, Predators was like a reboot, but like a. I don't understand what, what is so difficult with a Predator or an Alien to write something original. I think the problem that they have is you had a very charismatic lead in Arnold Schwarzenegger in that first Predator movie, and and well, Jesse Ventura. And I don't Jesse have time Ventura. to believe <laughs> <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> but you you'll notice that in all the follow ups, they just have never been able to match the charisma of that particular scenario where you have these these basically alpha males in the jungle uh, hunting and being the hunted. I'm going to be honest with you. Adrian Brody is not Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> or Topher Grace. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, uh, Topher Grace. I forgot about he was yeah. in that movie. No, the, the problem with Predators, the third one that they made, was that they tried to pretend like it was the first movie, like we'd never seen the Predators before. So they, like, the first like half hour of it, they were keeping the Predators you know, hidden. And then when they finally <laughs> showed up, it's like, yeah, I know what a Predator looks like. We, we've had four movies with these guys. It's and we heard Arnold said, you're one ugly. <laughs> I, I do got to say, though, that Predator 2, is. Uh, I've warmed up to it a lot because now I've seen what a bad Predator movie really looks like. So Predator 2 looks a whole lot better these days yeah but danny glover yeah danny glover i mean i kind of appreciate that they went the exact far opposite of arnold schwarzenegger as far away from him as you can go you hit danny glover and so that's what they went for and i mean it's an interesting movie it's not a great movie it doesn't do as much with its premise as it should but it, it's a better movie than it, used it was to a lot of fun for. it was yeah. fun watch it had plenty of gore in it and i like that the, i want from a predator <laughs> yeah the predator and people's uh, backbones out yeah, the Predator in Predator 2 is actually, he feels like a different character from the Predator in Predator yeah. 1. I mean, maybe in a bad way. He feels more like Wile E. Coyote than uh, the first Predator. I mean, because he's, that entire, like, final act, that running chase across the city, it's it's really engaging. It's the best part of the movie, but it's that, that Predator, he kind of sucks. He just keeps falling off cliffs, you know. I like when they're running up the sides of the buildings. Mm. That was Danny Glover is like, he's looking at the guy, you got to be kidding me, you know? <laughs> what is it, the old lady? That's in her apartment. Oh, yeah, when the Predator injures himself and he has to use, like, tile grout to yeah. clean his wound. Yeah. Look at, look at Mitch. Mitch is going, when are we going to talk about the Red Rooster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just, now what I'm hearing about the new Predator gives me pause of whether I'm going to be spending my money on going to I still to keep it. thinking about the whole it's part a, in the trailer. Have you heard? It's a 10-foot-tall Predator. Yeah. 
a ten foot tall predator. It's a ten foot. It's it's a uber predator. And that kid gets that box in the box and yes. opens it, and it's a predator mask inside. Yeah. And it's like, what is this? My, yeah. my problem with that trailer was I honestly thought it was a fan made trailer, and I thought it was a I thought it was a trailer for a Stranger Things movie. Uh huh. <laughs> because it opens with like Halloween and the kid opening a box. Yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, there wasn't really anything enticing about that trailer that makes me want to go see it, but I'll probably do it just because I've seen all the other Predator movies. The movie that is enticing me, I didn't think I would get enticed, but the more I hear about it, the more I want to see it. It's a new Halloween. Yeah. Um, just because Carpenter has inve- he's, he's he's endorsed it. He's yeah. just about done with – he's doing the soundtrack for it. That's the thing is that this feels like it's a genuine endorsement from Carpenter because, yes. I mean, technically he endorsed the Fog remake, and that was terrible. Yeah. Um, but they paid him to endorse that one. This one, it feels like he's actually um, a part of the movie, and he cares about the uh, the outcome of it. Well, he and Jamie Lee Curtis have – they evidently had a big make make good meeting before this movie and evidently it feels it feels real this time have you seen the the set photos of the new terminator movie the new terminator mm-hmm. no i have not yeah sarah connor's back uh linda oh yeah Ham- yeah linda i hamilton. love her linda hamilton was yeah. the most badass chick in the world in the she second looks, movie in this one she looks rough <laughs> she looks rough well, well, you have to live her life that she probably lived as sarah connor come on man right yeah, seriously yeah that's a oh sorry you know who's really aged in these pictures lately? Those uh, Top Gun reunion-looking pictures with uh, Tom Cruise and what's I'm still interested. Well, Val Kilmer. Is Anthony Edwards signed on? Has anybody heard? I haven't heard, but have you seen the picture of what's-her-face what's Tom Cruise's girlfriend from the first Tom, oh, Top uh, Gun? Yeah, there's. she was you know driven 100 miles and hung up wet. I thought... <laughs> I thought you said 100 pounds at first. But yeah. Yeah. Well, how's Val Kilmer looking these days? Uh, he was, is he still looking he like is, he was a McGruber where he's, he's like getting, 300 pounds? He, or? Yeah, he's getting back in shape. He's, yeah. you know, he's been struggling with cancer for the last couple oh, of years. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so, the last few shows I've been to where Val Kilmer is there, he's behind a black curtain. And, you know, you can't see him. Looking that bad, huh? Right. Yeah. Unless you're, like, you know, actually getting paid for autograph He made the statement. He sent Tom Cruise a uh, text. Said, you're still my wingmate. Aw, how's that one? And uh, he's he's, just, your, he's, he's been signed to be on now. Yeah, he's signed to be on. I I'll go see it. Sorry to say, are they gonna, every every guy and woman out there though was wondering, will there be a volleyball scene? <laughs> I, I gotta confess, I think I saw half a Top Gun once when I was like a teenager, and I was like, no, this isn't like you didn't movie. like that movie. <laughs> it just it didn't do anything for me. I mean, I like I like Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. That guy, yeah. could, that's music wise, that guy could do no wrong for a while there. You got that right. Yeah, yeah. From Footloose on, he was big, very uh, yeah, big. Uh, Caddyshack, you know, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. He had a bunch of number one hits. I'm looking here at I'm watching Mitch. This is not your forte, is it? Uh, no, well, no, I'm I'm kind of lost in my own thoughts here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go, There's a million things going on. Are in you my, got Indiegogo right running through your head right now? Uh, yeah, it, it, my head's just spinning. I'm facing a, a lot of work in the coming month and a lot of promotion and and, and trying uh, to figure out how to do it all. Exactly. And yeah. we're we're coordinating too because after Mitch's campaign is my campaign and Mark is busy because he's helping both of us and uh, he just finished a script revision for Chuck Dixon. So Mark here has his work cut out for him. Do me a favor. Next time we talk to Chuck, tell him Dave Ellswick. He, he's been on the show before. But I talked to him about uh, The Punisher and what 
they were doing on Punisher and Netflix and stuff and what he thought about it and things of that nature. You tell him that Levon series that he did in the books and the one about the time travelers. This dude is a real action writer. He uh, he did an interview about a week ago, and apparently they did option it for a movie. They have. They have, yeah. There, well, there, there's four movies there. I'm just telling you. it's uh, they got to have the right person play the part. Please don't give us a Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher person. Give us a, a real person that looks like what Levon would look like. And the the other part that's going to be the most difficult thing to cast is his daughter. they got to get the right teen actor or young adult actor to play that part. I feel left out. I'm the only one on this side of the table without some kind of campaign. <laughs> you can be part of our campaign, Josh. <laughs> hey, hey, can you take my other idea I suggested too? <laughs> we'll do a... Uh, uh, highest goal is uh, hang out with Josh and the Arkansas crew for hey, a pizza I had the party. Best idea. So, a pizza party. That's so a good idea. So what's that book called again? Or Which is one? Still secret. The one with you and Chuck Dixon. No, it's open. It's Trump Space Force. And, and I said that they should have an outer space grocery store and call it Bigly Wiggly. <laughs> Bigly Wiggly. <laughs> yeah, Tim actually sent me the script for that uh, a couple of days ago. Got to read that. I got to read that today, and it's it's good. It's it's going to be really good. Yeah, he's he's a talented, talented guy. I don't know how he does all the stuff that he does. He's incredibly prolific. I think he actually holds the record, at least in the United States, as the uh, most prolific comic book writer ever. He's written more comic book scripts than anybody else. Wow! I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, seriously, I'm, I, he's got all these books that he's written, and he's got everything else that goes on in his life. I don't know how he. How he turns it all out. Yeah, so apparently when uh, – I don't think he's going to mind me saying this on the air, but he literally finished that script within three days. I mean, and I asked him, I said, it's done? And he said, yeah, you know, I just got to the hang of it, and there you go. Uh, and I said, that was really quick. And he said, well, you know, once you've been doing this for so many years, that's just how it works. You just got to connect the dots, baby. Mm-hmm. It's like doing Jurassic Park. All you got to do is take Jurassic Park and add an Indo – Raptor to it and uh, give you about 10 really bad guys. And they kind of look like the same bad guys that were in Jurassic Park. And doggone it, no problem whatsoever. (laughs) And remember that life finds a way. Yes, life finds a way. And, of course, as uh, the doctor says at the end, the dinosaurs were here before us. If we don't watch out, they'll be here after us. He's back. Jeff Goldblum? Yes. I watch anything with him in it. I love him, man. <laughs> he's funny. Great. He's so much different than the, he was. First in the girls Grand are Master. easy. What can I tell you? <laughs> you know? And the fly. Um, he, yeah, was, and, uh, he was great in that Snatchers. movie. Yeah. yeah, he's good in that too. Yes, Russ. I had a caller ask a question. I'm not going to say Kevin Jones asked this question, but he wanted <laughs> to know about uh, if anybody knew anything about Chris Hardwick and what happened. Uh, he's another one of those uh, Me Too kind of situations oh really yeah and he got disinvited from san diego comic-con i think yeah. he, was, he had a panel or something and they dropped him. he does big a lot of the big hall h panels he moderates and hall h is like the camp out two days just to sit down and see the new trailers kind of room right yeah. and uh you know, you know did you just one lady come out and say something his ex like he like his ex-wife and be, he used yeah, to beat me up is that, yeah, like, for, like for a while or something like that Hashtag me too. And even the nerdist has like uh, cut ties with him. I, I, how this almost happened in Arkansas politics? Okay, 
I said I would not do a Me Too moment on, on my show where they were asking people to give up their seats in the, in the, in the state Senate because people were saying that they broke the law. They hadn't been indicted. They haven't been found guilty of anything. And it's, I still live under the auspices of America that says that you are innocent until proven guilty. Not in a trial by media, you're not. Now, I agree with you, Mark. I agree with you. It's social media. It's abs- yes, it is absolutely It's terrible. This is the worst kind of McCarthyism that you can have. I mean, this is worse than the Red Scare ever was for all of you on the left who always want to talk about that and how terrible it was and the blacklist. What are you doing now with the hashtag Me Too? You got your own damn blacklist going. Screw you all. Sorry. That's how I feel. That's deep inside of me. I am... Got a lot of pent-up anger about that whole movement, to be honest with you. But your shirt's so calming and comforting. (laughs) I need flamingos on this shirt. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. Let me remind you about PI Roofing. Uh, There's supposed to be some big thunderstorms happening. Was it tonight or tomorrow night, Russ? Yes. Okay, all the time. So just know that if you get uh, a hole in your roof, a tree limb punctures your roof or some straight line winds takes off uh, some of the tiles on your your roof, the the shingles. You start getting water in your house. You make sure you call PI Roofing five zero one six eight seven six two four six. And as long as it's not like lightning and then hail's coming down and stuff, they'll come out to your house. They're going to tarp it up. They'll keep the water from getting into your house because that's where all the damage comes. Is when the water starts getting into your home, and uh, they'll take care of it for you. And then. You can set up the time that they're going to come out and redo your roof. Now, for all of that damage that has happened inside your home, PI Roofing now has a group of uh, guys and gals that will come in and do all the interior painting. They'll replace the you know warped-up drywall, uh, get the uh, problems that you have inside with your insulation all taken care of. They do it all. It's one-stop shop now. With PI Roofing, check them out at piroofing.com. All right, so PI Roofing, good people, been doing doing their ads now for fourteen years. I remember when Joel Johnson was driving around net, uh, in neighborhoods with his with his pickup truck, and that's where the whole you know uh, uh, roof leak detectives came from. He look and he can look at the roofs and tell roofs that had problems. He'd go and he stops. He says, you got to. You got any problems with getting water? He says, well, yeah, I do. He says, well, let me find it for you. And he'd go fix them. And that's why he became the roof leak detective, and now he's got a huge business. So what you can do when you want to do it is ask Mitch Breitweiser. He's got Red Rooster coming. <laughs> he's gonna, the next Marvel is right in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. Marvel yeah. DC Comics, uh, right in front of us. Yeah, we're going to try to do something really big with comic books. There's a I lot know of, you are. There's a lot of enthusiasm for uh, new creations out there, like with Cyberfrog uh, and, and many others. And by so, the way, and, I looked at that. That is very cool looking. It is cool looking. Yeah, colored by Kyle Ritter, uh, who's an amazing new talent, hearing impaired guy from Brazil. He's just knocking it out of the park. Looks amazing. Drawings by Ethan Van Skyver. Yeah, that campaign crossed a hundred uh, three hundred thousand dollars today. When we talked the last time, which was last Friday, it was at two twenty-four. Yeah, and it just crossed three hundred. It's then over seventy-five thousand. Yes, eight thousand dollars. That's right. 
That's why I told Matt Peace, Peace he needs to get on Indiegogo or something and get some help. And he could do some great work in movies if he had some real money to put into a movie. I mean, if you listen to him, he's got all these movies that he's done, and he's spent about two grand per movie oh, shooting wow. movies. Wow. Can you imagine if he had a couple hundred thousand dollars? I, like I tell him, for him, that'd be like getting three, four million dollars. You know how to squeeze it out of a dollar, buddy. You yeah. squeeze it out really well. You do maybe, you know, four movies and five sequels off of it. So he's, a, he's like a regular Lloyd Kaufman kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, oh, what's his name? Did uh, Planet Nine from Outer Space? Ed Wood. Ed Wood. There you go. He's like Ed Wood. I mean, he's great, though. I like watching his stuff. We're going, I'm looking. i got to talk to Matt about it. But after Raiders, I think I'm going to see if we can't. Because he can ISO this stuff to me so we can digitalize, he can digitalize it. So maybe we'll show one of his movies after uh, uh, Raiders. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Just, I like getting behind local talent. You know this, Mitch. I like in, in Tim and, and Mark. Now you're finding it out. Josh is known for a long time. I get behind local talent. That's the way local talent flourishes. People give you guys a chance to get out and talk about what you do, and it's really good stuff. And he believes in you. I do believe in, in people. That's a, that's a good thing. I'm My dad put that in me. Um, we have the event coming next week, don't we? I just thought about it. Kapow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should probably mention that. Oh, yeah. The thir- is that the 30th? Yeah, the 30th. Uh, Who's yeah. coming? It's coming up. We, we have a signing at uh, oh. Kapow Comics. next. Okay. I think it's next uh, Saturday. And there's another person in town that um, I think they just discovered, and it's I think it's Megan Smallwood. She's actually an artist for Archie. Archie Comics. So we're Does gonna... she have anything going on with this new Riverdale thing they're doing on Netflix? I don't think so. Oh, okay. No. I I'm think kind, it's I kind of, Don't you kind of find guys kind of find that kind of interesting that somebody finally took Archie and kind of gave it a little bit more of an adult twist to it? Uh, You're not happy. Is it really it. necessary for Archie? I mean, so so some of the funny so one of the only art, one of the only Riverdale Archie comics I've read because I've read Archie's like other books like their Ninja Turtles, sure. and Sonic the Hedgehog, and Mega Man comics. But the only Riverdale Archie comic I ever read was way back in the '90s. It was Archie versus the Punisher, and I read it for the title alone, and it delivered. Um, and they've been doing newer ones like they did Archie versus Predator, and they did you know After Life with Archie where they're all zombies, and they did some weird ones where just Archie dies on every panel, you know, something like that. So they, they've been experimenting with Archie lately. Um, but the TV show, I don't know if I really need a Riverdale. Yeah, I've mystery. always but the TV show has got Veronica right. I'm just a little minx. I knew that she was. All right, take a break. We'll be back more Dave Ellswick show. All right. Tim had to leave. He had another engagement. He had a runoff to. Uh, but Mark is still here, and Mitch is here, and Josh is here. Pellegrini, correct? Pellegrini. I got it right. Brightweiser, is that what That's it is? It. Okay. Heffington, right? That's right. All right. I want to make sure I got everybody's last name in there. I'll refer to it as Heffy. Ellswick. Yeah, shake and not stir. Just remember that. Okay, let's continue. Uh, I'm watching Mitch, and Mitch, really, it's very obvious. He's got a lot going on. You can watch, I can just watch the wheels turning today as we're sitting here talking about Predator movies, and you have no idea what we were talking about. No, I was in another <laughs> world. <laughs> that, was, that was funny, though. I was, I was looking at you. But, you know, what all is going through? What are all the things that you're trying to get lined up right now? I mean, you're lining up, getting the ducks lined up for this July 5th 
Indiegogo kickoff that's coming up for Red Rooster. Yeah, so we got to get the campaign set up. Uh, Mark is helping me with the script. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, uh, you know, I think I'm done. Uh, I, I'm thinking I'm going like, to edit his scripts, and, and I tried to do that today, and I did a little bit. Uh, but it was so good. I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna have to trust Mark uh, to do this because I got to draw this thing. Oh, you're in uh, and Mark's doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna end up with some surprises. Uh, so I got to plan this campaign. We got to shoot some videos. Uh, I've got to engage the audience big time. We're getting like uh, 40 to 60 new Twitter followers a day, and I'm trying to engage this wow. new crowd. Yeah. Uh, Ethan's channel's blowing up. He's sending people our way. Uh, we're preparing for a couple other big meetings and stuff that we have coming down the pike this month. And you got the uh, art there, contest. There's an art contest we're going to do for the Red Rooster. So yeah, you can contribute to that hashtag Red Rooster Art Contest. Uh, can I draw a rooster enter. hand? Uh, <laughs> or is that roosters don't have hands, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, draw it like a turkey. You know, use your hand and yeah, trace it. <laughs> uh, see, I'm still sharp though. Chickens uh, have fingers. You can oh, order them the chicken fingers. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, what say what movie comedian. is it that when they put their they put their hand on like the rock thing and it's like three fingers? Uh, Total Recall. Total Recall. There you go. <laughs> That's kind of a Red Rooster thing. Yeah, maybe alien. They were, they alien were breaking chickens. into you. Yeah, maybe that's where I got the idea. Stealing your ideas. Yeah. You know, uh, kind of pre Red Rooster days. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you, you tell you tell tell us, okay? I didn't get you to, to tell us what are some of the special deals. If you or well, you know, I mean, yeah. there's going to be like a a typical what fifty five sixty five dollar. Yeah, you deal. have all these different packages that you can purchase into at different levels. So it'll be just a book, and that'll probably be around twenty five bucks um, plus shipping. And we'll offer like we're probably going to do some like. Uh, sticker decals like vinyl decals and maybe some pins uh then you'll get like two they'll be signed of course then you can get a book with uh, a head sketch in it which i think is is going to be awesome for uh i don't know we haven't worked out the prices yet but they'll be very similar to ethan's we're going to sell uh original pages from the book we may offer prints or posters um that kind of thing uh we're going to offer maybe an appearance in the book uh maybe you can get killed in the finale uh so mark's writing up a a grand finale for this project and maybe you can be one of the slaughtered few uh so that would be fun uh so maybe we can offer that i think uh, getting an original piece of artwork would be would be really cool so absolutely uh you know it's going to be one of the higher tiered packages but uh you know that's one of a kind uh we're going to offer some one of a kind prints of these pages that elizabeth will color um oh man what else we we, dude you're going to be so busy just taking care of all of the special packages yeah we're trying to simplify it right we're trying to keep it pretty simple like we don't want to go crazy and offer t-shirts and posters and all this kind of stuff like we and just bobbleheads uh, yeah <laughs> i'll let you do the end red of rooster <laughs> bobblehead but what, the, what works uh, with indiegogo and these other campaigns is you have uh, to incentivize people to, to come in and uh, upgrade their orders and uh to encourage more people to come in and, and and back your campaign you have um incentive goals so like if you hit a certain threshold say like you know twenty five thousand, then fifty thousand, and then seventy five thousand. You announce some kind of new special thing. So uh, we have some really cool ideas that we're going to announce. Uh, I think the first thing we're going to do is extend the length of the book. So if you buy in at, at the $25 uh, package, you just want one book signed by me and Mark and Elizabeth uh, at 48 pages. Uh, if we can get to a certain threshold, we're going to extend the book. Uh, and we're just going to make the book better. Uh, if we hit maybe you know 
ten or fifteen more thousand. Then we're going to you know make gold foil covers. So the store and, and the store with story continue maybe as it it ends a certain place it and does then it, keep... it, we've planned it out so mark and i have plotted 12 additional issues of the red rooster oh cool yeah so it, it's meant to be a serial like a like a real comic book serial with a with a like flash wings like a chick like a rooster <laughs> yeah i'm kind of uh, liking this. exactly so it's meant to be a serial and it's issue one picks up right where the indiegogo special leaves off so it'll be this nice thick book that you can get, and if if you if you love it, if it's if it goes gangbusters, then we'll have uh, the seed capital and the enthusiasm in the base to to launch a full series that we already have planned. Now, something that I didn't notice on your buddy's Indiegogo page is that some of the big, I mean, I think I think he had one that was thirty five hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and they only had like ten of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a reoccurring character in the in his series, I think, or something. It was like kind of. It was really. It was high dollar. Yeah, people are buying them. But as yeah, they were sold out. Oh, are they really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark be be thinking about some characters. I thought it'd be cool that, for me and Dave to get slaughtered, but now I realize if it's going on that long, we should live. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> And come back. Well, if you're going to live, you got to have deeper pockets because you got to be drawn over and over again yeah. in the backgrounds, right? So uh, now we'll figure it out. One of the best things Mitch ever asked me to do for writing for this was like, Mark, we need to come up with some villains. They may not all appear in the issue. They may not all appear in the series. I just need you to throw a bunch of villains at me, and we can pick and choose which ones we want to use. And so I, I just spent a day just coming up with bad guys. Um, coming up with their names, with kind the of real Midwestern names and their, guys, and their origins. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. a bunch of them. And now he's he's leaked um, at least one of them, haven't you? Yeah, 4D Man and uh, Vermin and, Eater and vermin is my eater. favorite. Uh, what yeah. is that? Vermin what? Vermin, vermin. Eater. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just came up with one, the Tiller. The Tiller? I, yeah. <laughs> he tills the soil. <laughs> yeah. The tea and the Tillerman. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting how this is all coming about. You know, because you know, a lot of... Just what you just heard, just these guys throwing some of that, he's throwing Tiller out. I mean, that, that sounds pretty good to me, to be honest. So It just popped in there. Does he just drive around in like um, a, a farm thresher and just mow people up? And That's it. <laughs> no, he, he's yeah. part, he's got he's got those attachments. I mean, like a like a Prime Cut guy from that movie Prime <laughs> Cut. Remember Maybe Prime if he cut? was like one of these like mechs, like a... Like he like he had a tractor and he turned it into like a mechanized, wow. uh, old timey mech thing. Right? Does he transform? He's a transformer. Yeah, a transformer. No, a transformer. So like at the end of his hand, it's like trap jaw. He's got like a, t- a tiller hand, and then when he gets in his vehicles, he they only work for him because he sticks his tiller hands in there and they turn the rotors or whatever they're called gears. The rotors <laughs> turn the rotors. The magic key. He's not a rotor rooter. You don't want to get into that, okay? <laughs> don't want to do that. That's a loss. All right, so, I mean, that's got to be kind of an interesting thing. This just tells me how how uh, creative Mark is. You you just say, start throwing names of, of villains, and he just that's starts. That's the hardest part because everything's trademarked. Just, <laughs> you, yeah, but, I mean, you're pulling stuff out just left and right, and uh, that's that's impressive that you can just, 
do yeah. that. Yeah, Mark's a really Mark's a really creative guy. So we've had a great time creating yeah. this book, and Mark's got a big future ahead of him in in uh, writing, in fiction, and in, in comic books, and horror, and pretty much anything he wants to do. Okay, really. so I mean, you're working with Tim. You're working with Mitch. Are you working uh, on things that you want to do I'm for working, yourself? Yeah, I've been working on some solo stuff. Um, I like. I mean, I, I like to write novels. So um, uh, my first one came out. It's on Amazon. It's an older book. Um, it's called The Ballad of Doc Holliday and the Blood Sucking Locomotive. Um, it's written entirely in in rhyme and in, in a in a couple oh of meter. Um, now it's, yeah, it's an older book. Um, I put it out on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle or if you want a print copy. Um, there's that available. Too. Is it on, is it in the Unlimited series? In the, uh, in in the, Kindle oh no, no, it's just a re- it's just a regular Kindle. I'm one. just saying, uh, yeah. can I get it free? Uh, <laughs> no. I should give it to you for free. So no, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, and I'm working on um, a, a more. Uh, um, a horror novel right now, and so that's I'm um, on chapter nine out of thirteen on the first draft. Uh, but that's one, something I do on the side for myself, you know. And that comes out is when I uh, when I have time to write when I'm not doing these paying gigs with Mitch and Tim, you know. Yeah. Every spare moment I have, I spend writing pretty much. Well, that uh, pays the bills. Hmm? Well, college pays the bills, I guess. Yeah. So, um, have you told everybody that my views do not um, yeah. reflect uh, University of Little Rock, Arkansas? Okay. Yep. <laughs> or what school are you with? Um, ULR College of Business. Okay. And nor the College of Business. Nor the College of Business. Probably should, but they don't. Just so yeah. everybody knows. Same with Robert Steinbach. <laughs> you know. School of Law. They should all think like yeah, Robert I mean, Steinbach. I don't know how the College of Business feels about Doc Holliday, but you know, yeah, Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Hey, if you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, uh, benefits you want to stop for a moment because – You'd be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. What you need to do is understand your decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums. You can avoid this by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class on Friday, July the 13th. You want to try to avoid doing anything that's going to screw up your uh, Social Security. To do that, go to this meeting hosted by David Lucas from the David Lucas Show here on 101, uh, The Answer. And the workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration is 18 bucks, Includes a 34-page workbook. Maximizing your Social Security benefits. It's going to be limited seating. So call today, 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. Don't leave tens of thousands of dollars in Social Security lifetime benefits on the table. Or if you want, just visit davidlucasfinancial.com. Now, see, the, the, can't those comics ever come back that we were just talking Tales about? Tales from the Crypt? Yes. Uh, so um, Dark Horse Comics right now has been releasing hardcover um, collections called the EC Archive, where they have been releasing all the original Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, uh, Weird Science, Haunt of Fear, and very nice hardcover collections. So if you want to find the old comics, you can. Um, they're all uh, on Amazon, obviously. Those but they're are very great always collections. good. Oh, they're stuff. excellent. They're they're American comic book history. I I can't get enough of them. That's just like where you were talking uh, on last uh, Friday or last Saturday when we had we were all together for Shane's show and. 
you were talking about uh, the stories and you know you're talking to your daughter who's sitting on the bed and she says you know there's a monster under the oh, bed oh yeah tim was telling us about that about like a really short story yeah those those yeah. are great so they i mean they exist they, they've survived as in the modern era as creepy pastas i think anybody uh in their yeah. 20s will know what that what creepy pastas what are is. Yeah, and I mean, and they're they're good, they're bad. Um, the best ones are being adapted for uh, a TV show called Channel Zero, which I highly recommend. The first season's great. It's based on um, uh, Candle Cove, creepypasta. You've ever heard of that one? Um, I haven't seen seasons uh, two and three yet, but you hear they're actually even better. So I'm looking forward to picking those up. All right, so that re- that reminds me of the show on Netflix, Black Mirror. Uh, I've only seen like one episode of it and it didn't really leave um, an impression on me, but people give give that one high marks. If you get a, a, a chance, there's one that they did. It's very much like a um, a Twilight Zone mm. episode. Have you watched Black Mirror at all, Mitch? Uh, no, I have not. Have you Have you watched it, John? No, I better add that to my list. Okay, and there's a great one where it's in, all shot in black and white, and it's set in the future, dystopian, of course. Mm. You got to always of a dystopian future and uh it's all about using technology uh as a methodology of protecting your property you know having uh, they go out and find the bad guy that broke into your Mm. you know into your stuff and uh you got to see that the the i think it's called mech yeah and, and it's Black um, Mirror. I think it was the last the last uh, season. I think it's like episode six. I'll look it up during the break. And it is, it's near perfection. Oh yeah, it's really, really, really good. It's got some nice yeah. twist to it. So antho- anthology horror has kind of been making a comeback. It was a dead medium for a while there. I think, um, geez, like uh, the last one that came out was like in the early 2000s. They tried that Twilight Zone revival with Forrest Whitaker, and it kind of it, it fizzled out, and anthology horror went away. But now it's come back in the form of instead of like isolated episodes, it's um, season-long story arcs, you know, like American Horror Story, and then the next season yeah. it's, it's something brand new. And that's sort of um, found a nice uh, medium or a compromise for it for people who want serialized stories but also want anthology stories. And keep it moving forward. Yeah. Man, that's the key. Mm. It's a, you got to find the momentum and keep it going because if you don't, people will give up on it. Yeah, because, I mean, they tried to um, – M. Night Shyamalan tried to do his um, reboot of Tales from the Crypt, and that got canceled before it even got released. And Tales from the Dark Side, they pitched an, a, a rebirth of that, a reboot of that, and that got canceled too. It didn't get picked up. I'm going to tell you what, M. Night is either really good hey, or yeah. terrible. Yeah, so so I'm I'm I got I my know, fingers man. crossed for Green. I because t- I, I like I've given up on him. I'm sorry. After he did that uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender movie, uh, no, that was, was like, terrible. Oh, yeah, I couldn't take any more. Did, you sorry. didn't you didn't go see uh, Split? Uh, no, was that um, oh. a Return to Form oh. for him? Oh, it's so oh my good. God, is it? Yeah. No, so he redeemed himself. Yes. It's oh, a, yeah. It makes you realize it's it's a. Uh, it, do we spoil it? Well, I mean, no. Well, if, if spoil so, it. Shyamalan's whole deal is the twist. If you know the twist going in, then it kind of yeah. ruins it. So don't tell me the twist. Bottom I'll line, it, it is a trilogy now of Unbreakable. <laughs> oh, oh, that's split, right. Yeah, and then Green Glass. Okay. Or Glass. 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 Not Green okay. Glass. That's correct. So I yeah, I'm looking forward to Glass. That comes out this year. Mm-hmm. And you know what's good about it is that he's making these movies, and his problem was that he did so well uh, with Sixth Sense and, and mm-hmm. others that they threw unlimited budgets at him, and he didn't know what to do with them. 
Yeah, I think he also he he got um, you know typecasted as the twist director, so he felt obligated that every movie had to have a six sense style twist, and then they just ended up with you know killer plants. <laughs> just uh, I, I, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. What was that called? The, was it the, the happening? happening? Yeah, it yeah. sounds Jeez. more like a '60s movie than uh, it sounds like a horror movie. To be honest with you, know, you. it was one of the. It sounds like one of the disposable episodes of the Twilight. Like Zone, Peter you know? Sellers should have been in it. <laughs> yeah. And they just saying. put the. They put the animated Avatar: The Last Airbender, the complete series, on Blu-ray last week. Well, oh yeah, everywhere. yeah. Oh, so they finally uh, upgraded it to HD 1080p. Right, yeah, cool. But right, it's still it's not in widescreen though. But it's still kind of uh, yeah because it wasn't different. animated in widescreen. Right. Yeah. Are you guys into anime? Yeah. Some. I are like you, the, are I you like into it? a normie? I anime. like the Dragon Ball. I haven't <laughs> watched it any since I was probably sixteen. Yeah. The only thing that I liked that was done in anime was. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. The original one? The, yes. the movie? I didn't see the not, TV series. Did you not, see the Godzilla not, one? Yeah. Yeah, I tried to watch it. I can't watch um, it. Uh, Hopefully the, the next one. I, don't, I'll check it I out. want the Japanese to come into the 21st century in animation instead of these little, like, <laughs> you know. Their, their CG is not very good. It's, it's very, terrible. It's very uh, choppy. Um, I guess that's the one. So America gave up on traditionally animated cartoons, and we kind of fully embraced CG, which I don't like so much. Yeah. But our CG is good. Um, they uh, they've kept up with the t- traditional animation, and their and now they're going back good, to that. <laughs> now they're going even farther backwards with that new Thundercats show, looking Ooh, like Teen they have the Cal Arts style thing. Yeah, Thundercats Roar. The less said yes, about that, the it better. it looks so horrible. <laughs> I mean, I've been told that the Teen Titan thing is really good. Uh, it's um, yes Teen Titans no? Go. I've watched it. It's um, it is a hot or cold show. When it's funny, it is really funny, and the writing should win an Emmy. And when it's bad, it's unwatchable. Um, they did one episode that's what it was really funny. It was about um, they had to teach a lesson to the kids. That was the whole point of the episode. We got to teach a lesson, and but instead of teaching about you know don't do drugs, don't smoke cigarettes, they decided to teach kids how to to earn equity through through um. Uh, rental property, and so it's a step by step process on on how to how to get a loan from the bank and, oh and how to Lord. choose a property, how to how to get rent control uh, apartment dwellers out of their apartments so you can jack up the prices. It's really well, good. <laughs> yeah, I I thought interestingly, I'm trying to think what was what was the one the cowboy cowboy cowboy, cowboy bebop, bebop. bebop. That, I, I that, that was show. very good. It was I thought it was good. too. That was good, and and Ghost in the Show was good. Mm. And I know a lot of people hated the movie. I liked it. Oh, the Scarlett Johansson yeah. one? I, I never saw I, it. I thought it was all and right. It's like Death Note. A lot of people have watched, if you've watched Death Note, yeah. you don't like the Netflix movie. But if you like the Netflix movie, it's probably because you haven't seen the anime Death Note. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched both. I like the animated one. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, break for the uh, news. We'll come back. I want to talk to Mitch more about uh, Indiegogo. Remember that term, Indiegogo.com. All right. Repeat after me, Indiegogo.com. Indiegogo. Were you being literal? Indiegogo.com. That's what I said. Well, I'm repeating after repeated, you. Repeat after me, Josh, Indiegogo.com. Indiegogo.com. Yes. Now, <laughs> will, it be, will you look Indiegogo.com slash Red Rooster? Is that uh, how we'll be probably, looking for it? I think so. Uh, I'm not sure how, exactly how it works. I'm pretty sure that will be it. You'll be able to search Red Rooster or Mitch Brightweiser or Elizabeth Brightweiser. Understand we're only talking about, we're talking a little over a week from now this yeah, will happen fast so that's why my head the end of this month is next week 
Yeah, uh, yeah. It's Seven crazy. months yeah, is gotta coming. We got to set this up. We got to we got to come up with all our packages. We got pretty good ideas for everything we're going to do. It's just bringing it all together. Just you know? follow Mitch on Twitter because once that Indiegogo is live, you're going to be seeing that link to it a lot. So. Yeah, we I'm going to be pushing it. I'm going to be pushing it every day, uh, and I'll come on and talk about it anytime you have. I me. hope that you uh, want to push it more than just once a day. Oh, I'm going to get Elizabeth to come on. That's, yes, she's, I'm waiting. Uh, she's going to come on every time she comes up. Through the through the roof. She's not been on since we've gone Facebook Live. I can only imagine you know, the thousands of people who will tune in. Oh yeah, well you that, don't want to miss that, her. Uh, she's coming on. Yeah, she's going to come on. Yeah, yeah. So sometime during the campaign, probably we get the, first, that the first Friday of the campaign or so, like something like that. Can you bring your cat? <laughs> he doesn't on, travel man. well. <laughs> does he? Does he? Does he meow incessantly? Uh, no, actually, yeah. He, he's kind of a he's kind of a vocal cat. He sounds like a baby pterodactyl, though. He doesn't sound like a real cat. He's like has like this. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's kind of annoying. He sounds like he's sick all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really really weird. I never heard him meow. The time I saw him, he just kind of looked at me like. I'm a cat. It's <laughs> <laughs> just funny. I'm fluffy like you. No, it's just it's, it's just, it is it's funny. But I'm just saying that that cat may be more famous than hey, you. We're talking about <laughs> making some plushies and having them ready for Christmas. <laughs> Not well, they, a bad were, idea. Mitch and uh, Betty were generous enough to uh, sign over the likeness rights to Mitch uh, Umley <laughs> so that he could appear in uh, Tim and my comic uh, Black Hops issues really? 1 and 2, which are both coming out in July, and Chumley will be appearing in that book as a surprise character. Chumley, I'm like, yeah, you're not yes. going to want to miss that. He's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to give it away, I guess. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be a really cool character he in that is. book. I love the acronym. Oh, oh, USAGI? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So if you know Japanese, you'll figure that out. Yeah. Or, or Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes. I didn't think about that. Of course, I Cause if you remember had no idea. Usagi Yojimbo. Uh, yeah. Stan Sakai's Usagi Yojimbo, yeah. So, okay, so one. it's going it, to... We'll be talking. I'm, when After Mitch gets started, then Mark, for you and Tim, we'll just hit it hard. Oh yeah, just shill the the heck out yeah, of us. Well, yeah. you're going to. I <laughs> well, told, I told everybody that I believe in local talent. Well, I, I think uh, what we're doing here, uh, in combination with some other things that are going on in comic books right now, uh, is really I think important for your audience, maybe to just investigate a little bit because it's a chance to stealing it back the from the left. Uh, it. it just making it for everybody again right it's just it's it's not a it, it's not an exclusive club anymore these are these are books for everybody uh i think we're going to do something really special with them and if the, if i think if people come out and show their support uh we we're going to take this uh nationally then internationally to, and do big things trying to put the mcag make comics mcg mcg <laughs> make comics yeah, make great, great again great again yeah. uh we're working on micog micog it doesn't quite have a <laughs> ring we'll have to come up with something else dennis Barger had those hats made up did you ever get yours uh no i never got one because because what did your hat what, what hat uh, they, uh he uh, these red hats they say make comics great again really yeah then we can't use it somebody's already got <laughs> Somebody's it going. trademarked it that's all right uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something else out we'll do that all right so Red Rooster is coming, Indiegogo.com, July 5th. That's the date, yeah. July 5th. That's the day after the holiday, all right? Five comes after four. Just remember that. That's a Thursday. Yeah, it's a Thursday. Yeah, so indulge your 
uh, uh, patriotic feelings and Americana and come support Absolutely Red Rooster. Absolutely do that. Hero. And with that all done, uh, be excited about it because I really want to see this take off. I mean, big time. And you're going to be helped because your buddy with Cyberfrog is going to hook up with you about this, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see where it goes. We have to make both these books a success. Uh, will I think will the Red are, Rooster ever meet Cyberfrog? Hey, it's possible. So the Red Rooster is a mantle that's passed down from generation to generation. Our book is set uh, in the early 30s, like 30 to 35, really. Uh, but uh, he has inherited a mantle and will have to pass it down by by creed, right? It's his responsibility. Okay. It's one of the, the rules of the game. But what's really cool is that opens up an entire universe of potential Red Roosters. So you could have Red Rooster on Space Force, Red Rooster with Cyberfrog. Yeah. Uh, Red and Rooster with uh, uh, going all the way back to uh, the – you know the the middle ages or whatever if you look up hashtag red rooster art contest on twitter um we've already got a whole lot of people who have um sent in art for the contest of the red rooster in uh what was the one like roman red rooster yeah, we had space red of... rooster it's been crazy so and people are really unleashing great. their imaginations <laughs> with with this that in itself is amazing that you're you're getting people already just into this mitch i, I, I can't mean, believe it's it pretty I, cool it's it's mm-hmm. Uh, and it encourages me and pushes me onward. And, you know, people are really uh, making me f- – yeah, people mm-hmm. make me feel great with us. It's, it's, it's amazing. Elizabeth, uh, the last few days it's really escalated in terms of the, the support and enthusiasm amongst the fan base. People are – I'm waking up in the morning to half a dozen or more, sometimes more fan art images. And this is over the last couple of weeks. And Elizabeth – Every night is just like I can't believe it. Like I cannot believe how that you made talent. this thing. And how, many, how much? How much is, talent are you seeing? Is it, that's it, what's yeah, amazing. That's really cool because I've seen, we're holding this art contest, right? So I want to encourage young artists to draw and to get better uh, and to re- reward them by having them be colored by Elizabeth if you win and be published in the book. Uh, but also, we want to cultivate the new talent and keep an eye on these kids, uh, and young people that uh, are going to be the next up and comers in the business. You're stable. I'm stable. You're stable. Oh, my stable of talent. Not that no, you're I'm, stable. I'm fairly I stable, figured, I figured you were not <laughs> insane. Okay. You are stable as I know of anybody, but I'm just saying you're yeah. stable of talent. And they're coming to us and just show and showing us their work, and it's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about this. This, this could turn into something huge. If I could draw into an 8-bit Mega Man Red Rooster. Now, there's some beautiful Cyberfrog <laughs> art, too. Bit. So Ethan's doing very much the same thing. People are just sending him uh, Cyberfrog drawings and sculptures, and uh, people are just expressing their creativity through uh, these new franchises that we're bringing forth. And it is uh, – it's just – you can we can feel the energy. It's amazing. All right, so you got to – I'm going to talk to you about what I talked to Matt about uh, in the first hour. With Netflix, Amazon, Hulu – and all these other different streaming uh, deliverers now that are out there, they're all looking for product, all right? Is your goal to move beyond comics and uh, to pitch Red Rooster to one of these groups? Uh, you certainly. Uh, I think what you know, we want to get these in front of the largest audience possible, Right, because that's that's what we want to do. We're trying to, uh, I don't want to say reboot the culture, but we're trying to inspire uh, the next generation uh, with uh, with the 
metaphors and values and characters that we're uh, you know putting forth in our books, right? That's the goal. We want to get this in front of as many people as possible. Uh, I don't know where it's going. I think Cyberfrog would make great video games. I think the Red Rooster would make uh, a beautiful uh, series of animated feature-length films. That's kind of my ideal. Like I don't want to deal with I'm, actors I'm anymore. I want to make animated features. Dude, I'm seeing a 10-episode season arc every year. That's what I see that's, for something like Red Rooster. I could see that, too. So, I mean, that's that's mm. that's the idea. You know, I don't want to relinquish too much control over this uh, no. and, and whatnot, but... Uh, ultimately, I want to build my as much as I can. Build my own institutions. Build them right here in Arkansas. Uh, get the get the the state and the community to feel involved in it uh, and make help make Arkansas a cultural touchstone for the country. And I think that's extremely and entirely possible. All right, now we we got about fifteen minutes left. So look, before we go to the break, we've not really given a decent synopsis. For Red Rooster, you said you know it's 1930s. It's kind of like the the Hardy uh, yeah. Shea LaBeouf uh, time of the, <laughs> the movie where they're running the running the whiskey and that kind mm. of stuff, right? Uh, yeah. So it's a fictional. Uh, it's kind of a fictional universe. Where we don't really have uh, people from Arkansas will obviously feel right at home in the book because it's going to look familiar because it resonates. Uh, it's going to be sort of resonant of my experiences of growing up here and, and living here. Uh, and Mark's experiences. Mark's from Virginia, and you were born in. Uh, I, was, I was born in Fairfax County, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so you're gonna. It's but it's all sort of fictional, right? Uh, like almost like like a Gotham or Metropolis or whatever, right? So yeah, uh, Gotham's New York. We all know that, but right? Still, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's meant to for people to project their own sense of place uh, uh, and their world on onto what we're uh, bringing forth here. Uh, but the basic pitch is it's Batman in a barn. That's the very, very basics of it. Uh, the the man is a uh, a celebrated vigilante folk hero, so he would be nationally known and prominent. But he has inherit he's the inheritor of a mantle called the Red Rooster Mantle, and it has a certain set of values and a credo that goes with it. Uh, and he's supposed to uh, pass that uh, responsibility along to the next generation. He has uh, failed in many ways uh, and has uh, commercialized his success. Uh, you know, this being the era of uh, of mass media, you know, the sort of the beginnings of mass media, uh, and uh, he's he becomes a celebrated vigilante folk hero, uh, who becomes the spokesman. He sort of parlays it into success as the spokesman for a fictional soda brand uh, and other other properties, and so he becomes this huge commercial success. Uh, but in many ways, that is uh, flying too close to the sun for a hero who is supposed to represent a certain set of uh, values and ideals. And he abdicates in many ways his responsibilities, or he just wasn't ready for them in the first place. And it all falls apart. And that is the story that Mark and I are going to be telling with our Indiegogo special. And there's much more beyond that as he mm. has to return to form and he has to struggle to regain his, uh, his reputation and, and, and then, and then uh, learn what it really means to be a Red Rooster and pass it along. Mark, do you have yeah, anything so, to add to that? Well, the title of uh, the Indiegogo special is Golden Age, and there's really two, um, two eras of Red Rooster's life, and this is the end of his Golden Age. This is when all the enemies he made during his, um, his Golden Age, they all conspire, and it ends him. Um, and then when the ongoing series picks up, that's going to be the next phase of his life where he has to put it all back together. And uh, when when Mitch was pitching uh, that, that um, linked the stories to me. It has more of a, a Twin Peaks kind of vibe 
to it, but with uh, it's Twin Peaks, but with a recovering superhero, and it's uh, or mystery man rather from that era, and so that's going to be even more fun. So if you're interested in that, um, that's going to be the ongoing, and the Indiegogo special is going to be how uh, how we get there. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, hey, Russ, can you bring uh, bring up my camera here, real quick? Let me do that and give you give you that. Remember, Indiegogo.com, Red Rooster. Keep it in mind. By the way, I just uh, was checking out on Instagram. If you're not with Mitch on Instagram, you should. Nice move on the uh, Buy Red Rooster on the back (laughs) of the green jacket, looking like the first lady uh, walking down the hallway. We'll take a break. We've got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, don't forget about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. They are building a state-of-the-art facility at their 12th Street location with the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. they got a new gate room that's going to be added. What this allows them to do is that, you know, when you go to um, an oil change facility, there's a part of the floor that the uh, technician can walk down into. You can drive your car over, and he's underneath the car and can change the oil and whatever. Well, the gate room is the same way. The doctor will walk down into the floor, basically, so that the folks that are getting fitted with prosthetics can walk by, and they can see how the uh, the knee and the, and the leg is, is responding with the prosthetic. So that's one of the things in the new mastectomy area. This is for mastectomy patients. You'll have privacy and comfort while you're fitted and taken care of. Remember that Hortons prides itself on their patient relationships. Keeping you happy is their priority. And now also keep in mind with uh, the uh, state-of-the-art facility at 12th Street, 12 locations now. Uh, for Hortons, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. All right, we are into the end of the uh, the show for this week. Coming up on Monday, Tim Jacobs will be on. I think State Senator Alan Clark will join us. Conduit for Action and Robert Steinbach will be with us as well. Uh, we'll cover politics from every angle possible. Uh, I understand that Tim Jacob and his group are 9,000 signatures away. they got two weeks still to get them. 9,000 signatures to actually get a uh, term limit bill back passed in this state and getting term limits back to what they were before Issue 3 a few years ago with the, the felon uh, John Woods had, had wrote up, just so you... It was anything but an ethics bill, folks, bottom line. All right, so that's all coming up on Monday. I'm lucky today. i I got Mark in here, uh, Pellegrini. We've got Mitch Breitweiser. I've got Josh uh, in here with us, Heffington. And we haven't had Josh in months. And then uh, we had Tim Lim. If you missed him, go back and watch earlier uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, the Facebook live feed that we did. He had some things to talk about. There's a lot of stuff happening here in central Arkansas, and Mitch is feverishly drawing yeah, Santa Yeah, I'm going to give you a red rooster to give away no. on your next show. All right, that sounds right. good. But uh, keep in mind, we, we want to give you that, that date, uh, July 5th, and I want you to share this 
uh, on with all your friends on Facebook of uh, this uh, this hour for for instance because we've been spending a lot of time talking about Red Rooster this hour. Let everybody know that the Indiegogo that's I N D I E Go Go dot com uh, is going to be launched on July fifth. And uh, you can be a very integral part of it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Come along, uh, give us some, show us your support. Uh, we're not going to disappoint you. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I, I'm looking forward to this because I'm not privy to a whole lot of stuff. I just know, I just know the talent Mitch Breitweiser has. I've gotten to know Mark a little bit. I can tell you he's talented. The thing that I'm really... Um, then you don't know me very well. I don't know you real well. well I'm, I'm just saying, here's what I know about you from the time that I have, I've, I've spent, which is a couple of shows now. You are really, really creative. There is no doubt in my mind that you got all these ideas that just form it in, in your mind. You're a very, very uh, creative I pace guy. pace myself, yeah. bro. So uh, Elizabeth's going to take all the credit for discovering Mark Pellegrini. So uh, I had committed to doing this Red Rooster project on my own maybe about six months ago, and I was like, I'm kind of freaking out because I'm going to do this regardless. I've got some ideas, but they're kind of disparate, and they're threads of different things, and I'm trying to weave them together, but just all on my own. So it would be like just me by myself. That's a bit – Me, a bit, myself, and me, I. Me, myself, right? and I, and, and just Elizabeth to, you know, to help me color it. But that's, that's daunting. So we were uh, – Tim Lim invited us to dinner. Uh, to a luncheon, and Mark was at the luncheon, and Elizabeth got sat next to Mark, and I met Mark and then talked to other people the whole time. We weren't sitting together. And so Elizabeth talked to Mark the whole time, and after the lunch, she said, you really need to talk to Mark because he's really sharp, and I think he's really creative, and he might could help you out on your story ideas. So I always listen to Elizabeth because she's smarter than me. <laughs> uh, and so I set up a, a couple of lunches with Mark to talk about uh, things, and then I snip, you know, I sniffed it out and said okay you're right mark's pretty mark's pretty sharp so we just i invited him over for a, a saturday session and da- dumped mm-hmm. my whole red rooster uh disparate plot ideas on him and and then the, we met for several saturdays and started sorting it all out and that's that's how it all happened yeah, mitch just dumped a bucket of legos in front of me and he's like help me you're help, help me make this was, uh, uh this rooster i'm gonna turn out all the lights and then we're gonna have a legos all over the floor <laughs> you have to take your shoes off and get uh, out of uh, no. <laughs> it doesn't work well josh what are you up to what are you are, are you in town for a while now yeah i go i come and go back and forth play the whole thing by ear okay so what's next on you on your agenda San Diego is about three weeks away. Okay. And so you'll be calling in during that one, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll be there every day. Well, I know you'll be there every day. I remember the first time, was it with uh, Godzilla, basically, was a huge yeah. deal when you went out there that first time. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of the buildings had, like, claw marks painted onto them and everything, and they even had an app. where you, oh, I like, saw photos of that. Yeah. It was a Godzilla detector, so you knew if you were close to a Godzilla attack <laughs> or not. What's coming up this year, do you think, they're going to be really pushing? Aquaman. Oh, that's true. That is coming up this year. That's one of the exclusive Lego sets, too. And, you know, a lot of people just don't get Momoa yet. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see if they can sell him or not. He was all right as Conan, I thought. It's hard to follow up on Arnold. but All right. Got to get out of here, guys. Have a great weekend. I'll see everybody on Monday. Don't forget, God gave you a whole week of life. Meet for at least one hour this weekend. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.